Thank you for tuning in to Season 3 of One Bourbon, One Movie, One Beer. To fully appreciate our episodes, we recommend that you have at least seen the movie we're about to cover. Yeah, uh, we're still three friends that love bourbon movies and beer, uh, but please note that none of us are experts in any of these subjects. Yeah, and we still love drinking together, we still love watching movies together, and we still love talking. (laughs) This podcast will contain many spoilers and some adult content. Still, very fucking valid. And still, if you enjoy the show, leave us a rating, five stars are preferred, and uh, leave comments, whatever, we'll interact with you, but uh, share with your friends, share with your family, share with your kids, not your kids, but we love you. <laughs> you can also check out our website, One Bourbon, One Movie, One Beer, that's using the number one instead of the word one. There you can send us an email, stream any of our episodes, find links to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or even chat with us live. And also, uh, any fans want to interact and suggest on the socials movies you'd like us to feature, uh, please drop them in comments, Facebook, Twitter, all uh, those Instagram, things. all the Grammys, whatever those things are. And then enjoy the show. We wanted to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Myoderm. Yeah. Myoderm is a cool company that creates skincare and pain relief products using CBD oils. My personal favorite is the one with the highest concentration of CBD on the planet, the Advanced RX 20 cream, because I'm super old and I need a lot of advanced cream. <laughs> For all the pains. <laughs> For all the pains. Four yeah, years of pains. I take that stuff... Coat my entire arm in it before a softball game, and I feel great for hours. Yeah. I like to use the regular one, too. Like, they're all advanced, um, like 2400 or something like that. Yeah. And they feel great on a sore arm, elbow, shoulder. Then you can get out and play the game again. So, we're good to go. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a chef, so literally shoulder to top of the butt for me. The whole back. (laughs) The whole, all the back. All of the the back area. Just, uh, <laughs> just put it on. It'll make you feel better. So go to MeyerDunn.com and use promo code BMB to get 20% off your first purchase. Uh, I, I suggest the RX20 if you're in as much pain as me. <laughs> <laughs> so again, that's uh, MyaDerm.com, M-Y-A-D-E-R-M.com. Type in the code BMB at checkout and receive 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to episode 53, Pool Hall Junkies. Yes, Pool Hall Junkies. <laughs> Messed that up on the uh, original original try. <laughs> yeah, but nobody can hear that now. We're going to delete that. Hey, everything stays. Bit. I'm Wit. I am Paul. I'm Mike. And I am Ryan talking through a screen. <laughs> Remote <laughs> Ryan. Remote Ryan is back. Temporarily makes us triumphant return. I feel like remote Ryan episodes are some of our best episodes anyway. They are fun. (laughs) Except he doesn't get to drink with us. That's the only thing. Are you drinking something? I'm drinking. What you drinking? I'm drinking. um, It's a Chattanooga beer that I got while we were up there two weeks ago. It's a Hopley Hazy IPA. Damn. That sounds like Mike would hate it. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, <laughs> sounds awfully too hazy for Mike. That's for sure. Well, now I know we don't get to keep Remote Ryan super late tonight, so we'll go ahead and get started uh, with our first takes on this. First impressions for everyone but me, apparently. Yeah, I think Ryan, is this your first? Imp- 
first take for it? Yeah, this is the first time I've heard of the movie and seen it. Heard. <laughs> now, so should we let Paul go first? Then? <laughs> I mean, I just want to put a little preface out there. Like, this is kind of unique. I just, I, this movie connected because of Wedding Crashers and Christopher Walken, right? That's the connection for me. But I love this movie because of similarly, like Christopher Walken's character is a standout, even though he's not the main character. He's a he's a side character. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even come in right in the beginning. You don't see him until about a third of the way to the film. But he's pivotal in the end, and he's yeah. intertwined with multiple characters. And he does do one of his classic Christopher Walken speeches, um, which is one of my favorite speeches of all time. And it's just like, on top of that, this film for me because I'm a pool player and a lot of my friends love this, that are pool players love this film because there hasn't been since like everyone knows the hustler and the color of money, but there's hasn't been many pool hustling films ever made that are decent. And cinematography wise, all the shots in this film are uh, pretty much one out shots. They're not like, like, trick photography they're actual shots you're saying, you're saying that ryan shouldn't have any cga cgi icons <laughs> there are a couple goofs in it where like a guy puts There's... a ball in and then you the next shot you see the ball rolling down the line you're like wait a minute but <laughs> yeah. other than that i mean it's not like he's making a shot and then they cut because they're trying to piece different shots together it's okay, really so shit. this movie came out what 2002 2003 2003 february so your first impression was: Were you at the theater for it, or did somebody <clears throat> I didn't turn see you on to it? I'll give you that. It did not. It was not a theater film for me. It was on the radar right out of the gate for me. I don't remember. This was an HBO video movie, so <laughs> it never was at the theater. I don't think it ever got released in theater. Really, it's a small indie-ish film. Mars Callahan, the guy who writes, directs, and stars, and as Johnny, made this film himself. It's sort of a passion project because he's a professional pool player that was a hustler. It's sort of loosely. It's like a fictional version of his personal story. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And um, he got it funded and made. Now, it's got some heavy actors in it, um, some budding actors that are now doing a bunch of shit, and then some everyone knows actors, <clears throat> and some actors that aren't great, but related to other great actors. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but uh, in general, it wasn't a mainstream film. It's a, it's a cult film for a... And mm-hmm. to put the way Mike referenced it, it's a, it's a niche film. It's a very niche film. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, so again, for us, it is a odd side quest, if you will. It's a personal one. And for me, it is mostly a personal one. Cause my friend Bud and I watched this movie religiously back when we played in hustle pool a lot and we really liked it. And we liked the way every time we watched it, we were like, shit, we got to go play pool now. And like, we'd go play right after or within a few uh, days because it just inspires you to want to play again every time you see it. It's just one of those for a pool player. It's like, oh shit, I want to so try that were... shot, or I, or I want to, I want to like play nine ball or eight ball. Like it just inspires you to play the game when you. Yeah. So like fan. you at this time that you saw this, were already playing a lot of pool. You're pretty good at pool. So like, I've been playing pool since I was a toddler. <laughs> one of my best friends growing up, his dad, his parents got divorced, and his dad left a pool table in his basement. And I was in summer camp with pool tables. I just gravitated towards pool tables growing up. So I grew up playing forever. So by the time this movie came out, I'd already been hustling at... My freshman year at Johnson & Wales was 2001. 
I was actually hustling pool at that time. Not like this money, kind of big game hustling, mostly for drinks and money and shit at bars, hmm. small time shit. But I had played it for like really nice pool tables. And around the time of this film, honestly, though, my friend Bud and I were playing. We played against some dudes that we were like at a bar playing with that played professionally in New York and recommended that we try out for to try to go pro. But I just I was working so goddamn much that playing pool in the middle of the night was my only window not really like after work at like two or three in the morning not really during regular league play timelines you know and so because of all that you love this movie you would say yeah i have a i have a special place in my i mean that brain for this movie. the way you totally described it it would have a connection with you yeah that it wouldn't have with somebody that is not an avid pool player. Like and every, doing it at that all three time. of you. Yeah. Like you guys. Yeah. Like won't this have guy over of... here. <laughs> the guy on the other end of the phone. The so ghost, other guys. Yeah. ghost voice. <laughs> what, what was your, what was your first impression of it, Ryan? What did you think of it uh, on your first I mean, watch? It was a, it was a movie. <laughs> um, I love when he does that. It exists. Oh. I mean, for me, no, it, there was some, there were some fun moments, but like, I mean, for me, it was, it was a little tough just cause I, um, I mean, I don't really, I never really played pool. Um, I, pocket like, pool. Did I'm, you play any pocket pool as a child or <laughs> I mean, as I, a teenager? I play, dude, I would play a little bit like <laughs> here and there. If somebody had a pool table, I would shoot. I'd just hit the balls. But I never like really knew much into it. Like I really don't know much, um, and so for a for a movie, it, it would be like if I were to say, "Hey, like if I were to watch like a CrossFit movie, I'd be way into that. I know what's going on. I understand what's going on. It makes a lot of sense to me." Whereas this, I don't understand a lot of what's going on. I don't know how the game's played that well, so. And there was never a point in that movie where they explain the game that much. Um, mm -hmm. So just some of those disconnects made it a little challenging. I mean, the, the actors, the characters, they were fun. They were interesting to watch. Um, but <laughs> overall experience. To be honest, I'm expecting it. Overall, it was in night. Like I expect, like I'm looking like through Paul's eyes. I can see why he likes it. Like if he knows the game, like I'm, like I said, if I were to sit here and say like, let's like CrossFit is a hobby of mine. I coach it. I do it every day. Um, if I were to sit here and say like, let's watch a documentary, I'd be way into it. I love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, so I can see it through Paul's eyes, why he enjoys it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, Yeah. That, that's kind of how it went for me. Funny. I wanted yeah. to like the movie. I wanted to like the movie because I saw how excited you were about mm -hmm. it. And I like you. You're a cool guy. <gasps> I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. So I went in totally wanting to like it. And I just hated it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I probably watched it four <laughs> times, to be honest. And I was trying to find things about it that I liked redeeming qualities things that i could get into and the more times that i watched it the more things stood out that i hated so okay. i apologize no no, no. but i, I want to say that for the you. con section but i am curious because uh, to me there's more to it than just the pool like there's other there's there's 
there's tropes in it or concepts in it that have been used before that are crossovers. Like, I mean, you could translate the same concept of someone who is not good at doing legal shit and having a real job. And it's been done before in other films, you know, like, like gangster films or, and they're trying to go straight, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the idea, 11, 12, 13, right. (laughs) But I mean, and also the idea of like, you know, the brother relationship is interesting. Like you don't really ever get to get much information about their actual family other than the two of them. Um, but you understand that there's a dynamic and you know, the younger brother's trying to be like his older brother and, or be better and, and sucks at that. <laughs> He's not quite succeeding and he should have his own direction and his own direction is the music, but nobody supports him because it's not getting the attention he wants, you know? So I get like, there's other directions yeah. to go in, but I can see how like you can see that they're not as strong. So it's not like really kind of following through for it anywhere else. But I mean, I, I still like it in general in other areas other than pool. But. And I get that too. The same way that Ryan described it is, you know, if it was about something that I was super into at that time in my life, when this came out, I would feel the same way that you do about it. I think it's cause like seeing I'm it now, biased, it's probably, I mean, right. it's one of the few movies that I will admit to being slightly biased on because I watched it so many times that I've gotten, I kind of like wit with every movie, especially uh, <laughs> incredible Hulk. Overlooks the insanely shitty plot or acting because he likes the things he likes about it. Like he, it does what he wants for the movie. So that's kind of how I feel with it. Where like it hits all the, it's all the notes I like. Yeah, there's a, I could tear this movie to fucking shreds if I wanted to, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's using my 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 shtick. And I probably will a little bit too. I'll probably join in on some of the cons. But my my kind of concept is I kind of look the other way in some of it because. It's like watching someone's first fucking film ever. Like if you watch a Nolan film now and watch his first film, he's way better now than he was. Yeah, he was awesome right out of the gate because he's a he's a goddamn genius. <laughs> I was about to say, but there's some actors the that are rough, like or some directors that have rough films when they first start out that are not super great, you know. And then they've made them like it's like watching a pilot episode of a TV series that you fell in love with. Yeah. By season twelve, you're like, God, I love this show, but. You go back to the first pie, you're like, what the fuck were they doing? You know, and that's kind of how I feel. Like, <clears throat> it's a little rough because Mars is doing, he's doing all the heavy lifting himself. He spent all of his budget on, like you were saying, Christopher Walken and fucking Chaz is in there. And this is young Anson Mount, by the way, who's like Black Bolt. And he's he's uh, he's done a ton of shit. Crossroads with and he's, Britney Spears. He's the version of him. <laughs> huh? What'd you say? Is that Crossroads or Britney Spears? <laughs> huh? Are you throwing that in the head? Anson Mount's been in a lot yeah. of goofy shit. But him and him and Michael Rosenbaum are still like best friends, and he just and it's ironic that we're doing this one because I just saw an article totally unrelated to this, but it was Anson Mount was being interviewed about something, and he went on Michael Rosenbaum, who has a podcast, a popular podcast, and they interviewed he interviewed Anson Mount about something recent. I, it's something to do with Star Trek because he was in Star Trek, held a he was a captain of uh, Jesus Christ, I can't I'm blanking on what he was. I IMDb in a minute, but in general, like some of the actors in this have gone off to do great things and some already were doing great things. So it's not like it's an unfunctional cast. And it's again, Ricky Schroeder's first serious role since he disappeared being Ricky Schroeder from silver spoons and wanted to like reinvent himself into this dark brooding NYPD blue actor. And he plays a dark, like, like soulless fucking pool player in this film. It's too much one note. For me, right up until the end, I think. Right, and yeah. All and of a sudden, he's a, he's a, a friendly guy. You, we will but, definitely but get there. The thing there. about that, that <laughs> you probably don't 
get is that's the running theme of this this film is everyone's hustling each other the whole fucking time everyone's running a game somewhere on somebody so no one is who they seem when you first meet them or for the majority of the time you're watching them because that's how that world is and for me too the professional circuits are really tough to crack into so most people that play pool just do it in local like uh like q's billiards down on can that one's full they do a they do league nights and then they have nights where everyone's just hustling each other and it's that's how that world is every city you go to there's a pool hall like a cd pool joint or a nice joint that dual roles and has two different faces and everyone's trying to hustle each other in some level see i that went over my head then right because i wasn't thinking it of it from that perspective what did you think uh Wick? yeah because for me a pool hall is basically just attached to a bowling alley typically <laughs> um, yeah no they're separate entities but yeah i'll i'll anchor down the first impressions because this was also my first time watching this movie um i had a tough time getting into it um on my first watch especially mm-hmm. um primarily because of um really the first scene with the adult johnny is that his name johnny, johnny. yeah um i even like in uh tarantino movies i have a very hard time hearing the n-word yeah it was dated and at the time it was a i what he was trying to do that scene was was represent the idea that like there's a modern camaraderie between races where you can have that conversation yeah and that's really when it started like in the youth being a thing it was something but it's on the fence and it's kind of aged it was something that i understood what the scene was about yeah and i just i just don't enjoy it like i don't enjoy hearing like anybody say it so like i was talking to my wife earlier about how we were going to talk about this movie and i was like i just had a hard time because of really it's the almost the opening scene like i don't really even count like that this, young it's a secondary young kid version scene, yeah. of him like because it's but like, it relates yeah, like, to it because if you think about it he is a child he's 15 and look at the guy he's playing an older black pool hustler so like he grew up in that environment where he doesn't see race he sees everyone as pool players and hustlers and that's his comfortable wheelhouse and it would have been a different scene it played out differently had they not been friends him and the main dude it's one of those helped one him of those out things where like who then again circles back and helps him again it's one of those things where like neil brennan who is a brilliant stand-up comedian best friends with Chappelle. yeah um he has a way of coming into saying not even the actual word just the word that they're trying to say that he can say the air age. quotes. I'm air yeah, quoting right. Like, oh. version of the word. It's like, yeah. hey, he's allowed to say this because he's my boy. Yeah. And it's like Neil Still Brennan. Not cool. Neil Brennan has such a brilliant joke that about how that he basically went through this scenario where the guy was like, yeah, you can say it, and he's like, oh, okay, I got approved. But then he's like, but I got to go back out into the real world. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't say it there. Yep. Um. So, but just for me, it's always just a really icky feeling, and I don't like characters that do that. So, like, even when I watch, like, Pulp Fiction, and Quentin comes on, and he's just, like, hammering it. I'm like, it takes me entirely out of that movie to the point where every time I go to watch Pulp Fiction, I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot about this scene. Or even 
Django. It's like I know it's going to come in Django a I lot. I mean, Django's a period yeah. piece in the time frame. Right. It, and even Leonardo DiCaprio was incredibly uncomfortable playing that role because of that. Right. Having to say it so many fucking times in the yeah. script. But which it's context I understand that matters, you know. For Django, it's like, okay, that's going to happen because of all those elements. But it's just whenever it happens anywhere else, yeah. I just it turns me off so quick that I literally sat there and hated the movie until Christopher Walken was on screen. And then I was like, oh, okay, Christopher nice. Walken's going to come That's in, and now that his charisma is on the screen, and he's going to have this monologue that Paul's told me about, and all this stuff, I was like, it's going to build back up. And I felt bad watching it that way, but... That's just what happened. And then on my mm. second watch, I was able to go, you know what? I'll just go ahead and skip to the point where he's in the bathroom mm. and talking to the guy that's been like his uh, surrogate dad. Yeah. And then watching it that you way know. on the second watch, I watched it a little bit more like without a cloud over it. And I did enjoy it on the because I played pool a lot at my house. My parents had a pool table. I would play with my friends a lot. Um, I was never really good, but I was better than my friends. <laughs> so it's like, ah, I can hustle my friends at my own house and they get to eat our food anyway. Whatever. I didn't win anything, but it was fun. Um, so like, I always enjoyed pool. I enjoy watch trick shots a lot. I've seen a few documentaries on, you know, when pool got really big in the late nineties, early two thousands. So I understand how this movie got made, but it, it was just that initial watch. I would not have watched this movie again if we were not doing it for the podcast. Just because of how big of a cloud was over it from that one scene. So like, so when you watched it a second time or even a third time, if you did, what was the scene that kind of stood out to you or a character? I know you mentioned Christopher Walken's character, but like, was it that introductory scene where he showed up that was probably your favorite scene that pulled you back into it? He's just the king of segues. I love it. So I mean, so like, Ryan, I was about to, I was about to jump in too because I'm like, this feels like we're in the con section already, and you can't imagine <laughs> just one fucking scene. because I'm like, fuck, man, that's your first so impression. Like, so like, I know we don't have Ryan much longer because he's got to go take care of his kids. Yeah, but um, we can go ahead and get into favorites, and then we'll talk about our drinks after we say bit ado to remote Ryan. Yeah, but um, yeah, my to wrap up my first impression, it was a tough watch. I did come around towards the end and the hustle was finished and I was okay with it. And then on the second watch without that initial beginning, I at least like had a good time. Right. So it got to be okay, but I, I probably won't watch it again. Okay. Fair. Mm. I mean, yeah. it's, I'm but sorry. Favorite, that happened. Favorite character, I get though? it though. I mean, it's, it's a tough conversation. Like it doesn't, I mean, I, 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 see it for what the context is and it again if it was written differently where those two were not allies i would feel different because i've been in the situation where that's a touchy you can't use that word no matter how you say it if you're a white dude you just can't it just no matter how you spell it and try to pronounce it i just stay away from it altogether i think it needs to be out of my entire it's not even in my vocabulary right and i've had that conversation where i've been like given permission and i'm like no i don't want it nope i'm gonna say <laughs> no, it like you. it's just not a thing i'm gonna say <laughs> no, just no, because what he says 
you don't say it right. Like, I'll never say it right. Like, none of us will say it right. So you might as well just stay the fuck out of there. <laughs> you know, like, and that's the whole thing. Like, he's doing it for, he's purposely doing it in his hustle. And then he spins that around to hustle his his backer. And that's kind of how I see it as this big whole, I see the whole picture of it. So to me, it's like, it's extreme because what he's trying to do is, as a hustler, it's like a magician, right? You need to, someone to be distracted over here while you make a move over here they don't fucking see. And you got to pretend to be somebody you aren't so they don't see who you really are so they can fall for the hustle. That's the entire yeah. game, right? And that's how I've always been when I played is always when you start playing pool, the trick, even basic hustling, is you just play and then you don't just go after someone. You watch them to see if they can play first before you try to fucking... You got to observe. You be, you be observant. And when I say observant, you the surface shit is not the real shit. When you walk in that pool, none of the shit you see is real. You just got to pay attention to the surface shit, on the under the surface shit. So to me, that whole game that he's saying is, is, is and again, I'm not happy with it. I, I could do without that scene. It could have been written totally differently. Hey, similar, but spoiler less alert. directly. It's my very first con. So, <laughs> no, I mean it's a legit con because it fucked your entire <laughs> viewing of the film up, right? Yeah. That's the definition of what I feel like a con. That's what we define it as to me, yeah. right? If you couldn't even make it through your first viewing without being fucked over by it, like that's the problem. Mm -hmm. So I do appreciate you putting a second turn into it and giving it another shot, and then actually be able to move past it, even if it means skipping that scene, because it's not. The gist of it's relevant, not the actual whole scene. You got it right. the first time. Cool beans. Skip it. You're not going to forget it. You know, yeah. that guy's relevant. The characters are there. You get the plot. But hey. But, and there's I'll enough of you. that. There's enough of the hustling concept over and over again for you to understand how that works throughout the film if you pay attention to it, you know. Okay. I'll tell but it's a little like watching a skip. magic movie. I'll tell you which parts I won't skip. The scenes with Christopher Walken. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> not a single fucking second of that dude i'd skip <laughs> but um i will say that he is actually probably not my favorite performance wow uh he's definitely the performance that i, I would have gone to see the movie for initially <laughs> yeah but i love michael rosenbaum like I, everything i've ever seen him in like he steals there's scenes a, the only he, thing there's a couple lines in it that don't land but it's not him it's the script yeah, it's the dialogue it's a couple of the bits the jokes that don't really hit there's a couple of scenes that i'm like Meh. but like for the most part he puts a lot of effort in and emotion in and he puts a lot of himself into it and like he's a different version like a character he's not fucking lex luther in this film you know what i mean he's this, mm -hmm. he's a different he's a whole new unique character but I agree with you. Yeah, he's he's probably my favorite performance, favorite character, especially on that second watch when I was having a little bit more fun with it. Yeah. Um, I just enjoyed that he really was like a, trying to do more the musician thing. Like yeah. the first scene, I think that mm -hmm. you really see him and he's yeah. got the guitar and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, he's always in. like, "You guys are coming to my show, right?" And then he's like getting dragged to pool halls by his brother to see like real pros. And it's like, do I really want to do this? Like, do I, do we have to do pool? Like, yeah, I guess we're good I'll at it, it. So I'll do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was my favorite character overall, but, um, favorite scene. I think it has to be the final hustle. I mean, just when Walken gives that monologue, 
you're like, that's what I'm here to see. I am here to see Walken have a monologue that has a scene that defines the movie for me, or that I'm going to go tell my friends, you should see this movie because, just like Paul got us to see this movie, he's like, Walken delivers. And you're like, yeah. I love it when Walken delivers. I'm in. And then when the actual twist and turn of the hustle comes through, you're just like, okay, like that mm-hmm. yeah. was really good. Like I'm in, <laughs> you know, and then the movie is like, and fade to credits. You're like, oh shit. So yeah, line where he's like, like, what are you doing? It's like, what do you mean? Take a shot. He's like, no, no, I just spent, th- I just paid $3,000 for your shot. Yeah. He literally, now I'm going to take my shot. It. And it's like, oh fuck, that's genius. I never even thought of that one. But I'm, I know we can't keep Ryan too much longer. So, do you want to go next on your um, favorites? Yeah, I mean, I are they the same? I think one thing I uh, just very similar. Um, one thing I do want to hit on, like, um, I, it, I think it's one. I'll, I'll just jump to con one con real quick. <laughs> um, really, because I'm I'm gonna miss that section. But the, I think the biggest thing for me was. Um, hearing Paul talk about it, I understand it now, but when I watched it, it I remember looking and it was the film was fifty seven minutes in and I was like, what what is the point of what I'm watching right now? <laughs> yep. Um so that was one of the big probably the biggest things that stood out. But I mean as for favorite stuff, I mean it's hard to not <laughs> not love the lion speech. Um, yeah dude that lion speech is so just, just he's like, you ever seen those uh, nature documentaries? We're like, where the frick is he going with those? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I do really like that. Mars immediately was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, yeah, like, of course yeah, I do. Yeah. What the fuck are we talking about? Like, um, what does that got to do with shit? But other than that, I would probably have to say my one of my favorite scenes. Where it happens, obviously, it happens a couple times, but it's when. The four guys are sitting around the table just talking, and um, <laughs> what's his name? Philip Glasser is like giving the most random yeah. facts, <laughs> random and inappropriate facts that just were hilarious. Yeah, Max is just like, He's like, what? It's oh, a fact. It, where do you come up with this and shit? I found, common knowledge. I found those so funny. It's like, it's common knowledge. Yeah, that phrase, common knowledge, <laughs> cracks me up. So, um, yeah, I'd like probably say he's he's friend. Yeah, he dumb, he'd probably be one of my favorite favorite characters just because of how his facts and how stupid they were, but how funny they were. Yeah. I saw that that kid that played that role actually played Fievel in Fievel Goes West. I saw that too. Yeah. Tale. yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> yep, he's been in some stuff. I mean, everyone's done something. It's just not. I mean, he's not doing much anymore. But yeah. American American, ta- uh, American American Tale. He was in both actually. He was in uh, an American Tale, and then Five Goes West. Both of them. He played the he played Five. So I yeah. I struggled to find. He's also the- in The Illusionist. Oh, yeah. He plays. Uh, oh, he's in production. There was an illusion uh, an illusionist show on this on this very podcast, if I remember correctly. There was an episode on the. Illusionist. Oh, there was. It was. But I don't thing. think he was uh, acting in it. I think he was background stuff. But uh, I kind of struggled to find a, a favorite character. Obviously, you'd go towards Christopher Walken or Chaz Palminteri. Um, so it would have to be one of those two. 
But as talk as far as talking about like favorite scenes and things like that go, I actually thought that Rod Steiger's speech that he made to great. Johnny was better than the Christopher Walken monologue. I thought that was a more powerful speech one where he's like would be other monologue that, that he made bigger to him about believing in himself. Like, you this is his getting last out of your film, by the way. His right. last credited film was this film. So like, you get the most gifted right That's another reason I like it, too. Like, I love him so, in you know, general. I, I'll get back to Rod Steiger and Cons, but uh, there's one bit. My favorite scene in the whole movie was probably, it was, it was towards the end of the movie when he was playing Silver Spoons for the big money. <laughs> and um, it was, they were playing like a Bill Withers tune in the background, yeah. Use Me. And they were just, it was just Mars shooting pool and they were showing the different angles. They were getting good shots of the actual him making these pool shots. Yeah. And the only acting that was going on was between Chaz and Christopher Walken kind of exchanging barbs and looks and little one-liners and things like that. So that whole sequence when that song's playing, that was probably, that was not even probably, that was my favorite part of the whole movie. Because that was the one time where Mm -hmm. I'm like, I was able to get into it. Two guys that were actually, and I, we'll talk about this more in content. Two guys that were actually acting, where I was believing what the hell they were doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, are exchanging glances, doing this, and then Mars yeah. is doing the one thing that he absolutely could do. He's making these pool shots. He's moving around the table. Mm-hmm. He's he's lining them up. So, mm-hmm. you know, without a doubt, uh, that that would definitely be my favorite scene. Yeah. What about you, Paul? The whole movie. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, the, <laughs> the pool shots, like, again, I, it goes from a pool pers- player perspective, it goes that thing. But there's a couple f- flubs here and there of things that are like, oh, that's a laugh. But in general, it opens with, like, some dope cinematography. The, the, I liked at the time, and it still kind of holds up, it, the soundtrack really hits a lot of these scenes for me. Because, like, a lot of those, for me, another thing for me was is playing jukebox picking songs out when you're playing pool because like i used to have different songs i used to play that were like my pool songs yeah, like more than a feeling for some reason by boston that whenever i played that i used to go to this place called trick shots and up in new york with my friend bud and every time i put that song on i would not miss a shot it was crazy i don't know what was going on with it but you get in these zones with it it's just like any other sport or any other thing you have a soundtrack or music that ba- that that motivates you you know and there was music all throughout this whole movie. I think there was music in most scenes of, yeah. the, of the whole movie. There's yeah, and I, I mean, I couldn't find a, a terrible track either back then when I was watching. I loved that part of it, too. I think I remember uh, downloading it onto my Winamp, I believe, at the time. <laughs> What's the songs? Were you on a Kazaa? <laughs> Probably or a burned them up, ripped them off a Kazaa. Yeah. Or, or was it a... Napster. Yeah. <laughs> LimeWire, Napster, Kazaa. Uh, LimeWire if you wanted a fucking virus. But um, but either way, um, I do like Worthy. I mean, obviously, Christopher Walken, that freaking speech. I mentioned that as my selling point for this film, that, that, that line speech. I just like how he starts it off. So just the version of himself that he first kind of introduces himself to chat, to, um, to Johnny as. Like this, this kind of naive millionaire, which those two things kind of shouldn't make – there shouldn't be connected, right? Like yeah. if he's a self-made millionaire and he's in the lawyer world, he's been successful. And also you cannot forget the fact that he's a retired lawyer. So that dude makes a living manipulating other people. And he made a fuckload of money doing it. Right. To where like, he's even richer than the dude at that house parties who's throwing that shit, who runs the fucking firm. So like, 
you gotta you gotta remember all those aspects of his character where like you first meet him and he's like oh, i'm losing my ass up there and he's like there's a moment when i watch it again i always feel like he's trying to con johnny because he just sees this dude outcast and he's like ah I need some help, kind of thing. But he, he's, I, he, at first, when I first saw it, I thought, well, is he fucking trying to, to snake him? And then every time I watch it again, I feel like they're, they could go that way in the script. Like they could have, like, had him they play this I, I villainous character where it's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of, like, uh, Karate Kid 3, where the fucking, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Terry Silver, you sure. love him the whole fucking way. And then he just flips around. You're like, you. Yeah. Tony Knob, motherfucker. <laughs> and I'm like, I said to Wit after I watched it the first time, I'm like, yeah, this dude looks like Terry Silver. From he does. He just and again, <laughs> yeah. he, he sent me the. This text. is circa Pulp Fiction and circa fucking uh, uh, <laughs> fucking Wayne's World too, where he fucking steals Wayne's girlfriend, right? So like this whole thing where he easily could slip into a character that's like potentially seedy. You know, you never know. It's Christopher Walken. He goes any fucking direction. He's whatever he wants. He's a fucking a headless horseman in Sleepy Hollow. Whatever. But uh, in general. I love his character and his scenes in general, but I also, I like Anson Mount in this film because his characters, I like, I don't know if any of you guys had one of those kids in your group where it was just like this, the one weird kid who like seemed rich and cool. Like he could be, have any girl, but he also thinks girls are weird. <laughs> and like, and that scene where he's like, that scene where he's in the party where the, he's making out that girl and he just got done talking about how like he broke up with a girl because she had like stuffed animals on her bed. He's like, yeah. hey, do you, do you have stuffed animals on her bed? She's like, no. And he's like, Right, cool 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 and then like they start making it out and then she tries to make him choke he's like what are you doing and she's like choke me i like it he's like and he like runs out of the fucking room and then just grabs a beer and joins him at the party like Ooh. like he's just grossed out by the idea that girl wanted to almost basically be murdered during sex and that was the thing that like i remember in college people talking about and like a thing like ah it's such a weird thing to be into like like being choked out like it just seemed like an odd in the time that was a thing yeah. that was popular in college like that conversations, not that was like, the thing we were doing. You're like, for some it was a part, reason. It was a part of, like, the the zeitgeist at the time. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of this film is period. Like, the the conversations they're having, the sums they're getting away with saying, the inappropriate context and stuff, which is shit that you would say when you're in your, like, late teens, early 20s and shit, you know? And regardless of whether it's still dated or not, it's still, it's still relevant, like, to certain age groups, you know? And that you got to understand, like, that's kind of where my where I was at the time. I graduated college in 2005, so 2003 is right in the middle of my 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 you know college years. So, but even then, looking back at it, I still think that that character for him after after all these years later, seeing as him like you know Black Bolt, but also like as the he plays Christopher uh, that's what's Christopher Pike, um, Captain Kirk's predecessor. He's a prequel to the original Star Trek series. That's the show he Star Trek on Strange Strange New mm-hmm. World, I think it was called. But he uh, plays these serious masculine roles now. And then to see him with these goofy these glasses being all weird with girls and stuff, it just seemed like a polarizing... Yeah. Inter- in- Both times, I was like, yeah. which character does he play? Right, exactly. It's hard it to find him. If you've seen him yeah. in current stuff, it's hard to pick him out in this film because he's so different. you know. But I, I do think that's worthy of mentioning. And then, yeah, I just... I really want to, like... like uh mars's character i like him for the most part for the things you were talking like he can play pool like he's a goddamn gifted <laughs> Paul's pool player. like every so, character is my favorite <laughs> but i'm just saying it's worthy scenes. mentioning that concept like i do and we'll get into this in the con too i'm on the same page with you i think he goes 
he writes himself into a couple corners, and I think there's a couple scenes where he just they, they he he should have gotten this double check before he went to the final copy. Let's put it that way. Especially when he's got like the caliber of cast he's got there. I'm surprised they're like, nah, you should rewrite that shit. You know, a couple of the scenes, but yeah. in general, his character for the most part carries that hustling and that that concept of like being one step ahead of everybody all the time that I think he still keeps throughout. So I think we really like that concept. I think that, I think that that comes through because that's a genuine part of his, yeah. Of who he is. Yeah. And, but when he had to do like the acting part of it. Yeah. There's certain parts that are just like, what the fuck, what the fuck dude? Like, you know, but again, when you're a professional pool player and that's your natural skill, and then right. you want to be a writer, director, and star in a film. That's a lot of things that has to it's be wearing. Too many hats. And you gotta, you're gonna fuck up somewhere, you know. And I Ooh, think it's something worthy. happened on the sports world. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Whoops. My ears just. But, uh, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I think that was my timer. Anyway, watch, watch, uh, that. <laughs> yeah, watch, watch that not even be picked up at all on the recording. Right. <laughs> I'll just be like, oh, hey, oh, guy. definitely. There's a little subtle heard playoff. It. Music. But no, so it went through Ryan, the phone. I know that we can't keep you any longer. Uh, do you want to rapid fire any more cons before you leave? Oh, uh, I don't have enough time for that. <laughs> <laughs> the the movie is that what no, you're saying? I mean, Why don't you uh, record I mean, them? Uh, Adam and post or not? <laughs> no, I um, I mean overall, I like I mean, it's always it's always fun to see uh, different just different films that I never would have seen. So um, that's true. Oh. It was, uh, it was like I said, it was something I watched. Um, I can well, say I, I watched you it. Watching it, so thank you for that, Ryan. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was a thing. Glowing <laughs> <It was a laughs> <thing. laughs> review. How many different He's ways like, can you say the same? He's like like I backhanded it. compliment. Is that I, what I, recorded, I recorded a little bit about it, and now I'm going yep. home. It was a movie. It was a thing. I watched yeah. it. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Gosh, well, we can't wait to get you back in the actual studio. Yep. Yeah, but remote you, Ryan, always a pleasure. It'll be, it'll be soon, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, yeah, got yeah, your chair yeah. open. Yeah, chairs open. Summer's starting. Here we go. <laughs> all right, man. But we'll talk to you later. Have a good night, buddy. Bye. <laughs> uh, ooh, a premature bye. <laughs> So in one of the first scenes of the movie, um, when adult Johnny shows up, he's playing against Glenn Plummer's character, trying to hustle a Johnny Walker-looking motherfucker. Yeah. And <laughs> he exits to go to the bar, and what does he get at we the bar? Sh- I was about to say, we should have drank Johnny Walker. <laughs> That's uh, a different... J.J. Walker. Can we call... Yeah, I was going to say... call Mike, like... Colonel Segway or Captain Segway or something with a Segway. <laughs> it's like he's I'm just, just trying so to help help it. it move along, you know. He's just so good. Sergeant Segway. That's it. You're Sergeant Segway. <laughs> Sergeant Segway. Captain doesn't, doesn't quite. <coughs> but no, roll he off goes the and he buys same. an entire bottle of Jack Daniels just by throwing like a blank dollar bill on the table. <laughs> he's just like, hey. He handed it to him. It was a folded fake dollar, okay? Yeah. Folded. They accept it's... Monopoly money and whatever <laughs> yeah, prop, he was it's at. A prop like, dollar. Guys, if, you lied, if you light it correctly, it'll look like a dollar Everyone bill. knows you could just hand a fucking <laughs> random bill to a bartender like, give me a bottle of Jack, and they do that. That's how it works. You know what? It made me think of um, 
Louis C.K.'s joke about like people in the medieval times just having like he's like there's always like some like gay lord that's like mm, yes uh, and then kill the people <laughs> and then bring me the woman and uh, uh, yes uh, payment he just tosses a little like a, bag of a gold. coin purse <laughs> this ought to be sufficient fucking change <laughs> well uh, I think it's worthy of noting now that you brought that up though that they didn't do the fucking boring ass standard movie trope of give me a beer at a fucking bar when you know there's an array of fucking beers back there. Right. Barnard's like, which one, asshole? I serve a ton of them. Pick fucking a name. And he didn't say yeah. put it he on said, my tab. He said, <laughs> he said very specifically product placement. Give me a bottle of product placement is what he, I think he said. <laughs> Just label this out. This movie I don't, brought to you by Jack Daniels. I don't, this movie brought to you by Jack Daniels. Um, so yeah, we decided, you know, Mike and I had been discussing that we we were not having a good time watching the movie, to be honest. And we were like, so what's like a generic pool hall looking drink? And we got Jack and Coke tonight. For the record, I wanted Jack and Coke because A, Jack's in the movie, and B, that's what I drank when I also pool. <laughs> double Jack and Cokes, to be clear. And certain places, and certain bartenders, yes, triple. we're double and they gave you triple. So, yeah. my friend. I will say friend, that uh, if I had been Tommy's drinking Jack and bar. Coke on the first watch, Probably would have enjoyed this movie even more. If you had <laughs> a been like, triple jack, oh. he would have definitely. He would have at least. Would have been like, at yeah, least man, here we go. Glossed over some bad shit. That's for sure. I would have forgot. At least forgot the bad parts. About that yeah, yeah, he, blacked, he would have blacked out. <laughs> yeah, just I don't remember. Got started over. But there's a specific reason I would order Jack and Cokes. To be clear, it was a drink you could. If you got a double Jack and Coke, they typically serve it in a fucking pint glass, right? You could fucking nurse that shit. And pretend that you're getting drunk because you said I ordered. A, I'm drinking a fucking Jack and Coke, right, or whatever. And then I would stay sober, and my friend would get drunk, and we would pair play partners, and he would fucking get better. I don't know if he picked the of the two doubles he saw. He picked the right ball every time. I don't know how he did it, but I'd stay sober. He would he would get drunk, and we would fucking run the tables. And that was a thing. Like I would pretend, oh, I'm getting a bunch of drinks, and I would, you know, that's a hustle you can run. He it's was like, he was like the guy find in a drink beer you fest. can. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, like you drink a little to loosen trying up. to do quarters and he can't do it. And he like yeah. comes in hammered and just starts nailing everything. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I'm way better, way better after I've been drinking. Dude, it's funny. Yeah, it's exactly like that. He's exactly. When I saw Beer Fest, I was like, that's fucking CJ, my buddy from college. <laughs> the drunker he gets, the fucking better he is. I know. We're, we're just sipping on Jack and Coke. Uh, it's a pretty standard drink. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. I like it's it. Always good. If you like Coke, especially, <laughs> it's, it's like, a it's a unique taste. I think it is easy to pick out of a crowd. It stands out, and it's not like for me, Bud's distinctive and American, but like Jack, I enjoy. Let's <laughs> put it that way. I, <laughs> I actually do really just enjoy Jack Daniels on its own. Sometimes, yeah. like I'll go buy like if I'm trying to be cheap, and I'm like, eh, I, yeah, I've already got that bourbon at home, or something. I'll be like, I'll just get some Jack Daniels, but uh. It's also a Jack and Coke. If mm-hmm. you wanted to get into bourbon or into whiskey, it's a good way to sweeten up the palate like it, and start trying your drinks. Like if you really are like, like it's like a gateway. Like my gateway, yeah, alcohol. It's it like is a gateway honestly. drink. I mean, it's like, like Mike I, doesn't I like grew beer. up not liking scotches and bourbons too much initially when I was younger, but I was always down with Jack. Now that I'm older, like. I realized that probably was like a gateway for so me flavor-wise. So this would be sweeter. This is sweeter than a bourbon. Oh yeah, yeah. Just from the all charcoal, different. The way they the way they do the um, the charcoal thing, it it sounds like a gimmick, but it honestly changes the flavor enough to where it's like 
to me, it pulls out that weird back note harshness that you would typically get from like the other bourbons that are the same level, like your yeah. Evan Williams and your fucking Jim Beamies and stuff and whatnots that are all in the same fucking shape bottle. You know what I'm talking about? Like the ones that are across the board, almost all the same level. It sticks out on its own with a unique flavor because of the charred barrel charcoal shenanigans they drip it through. And it's worth it to me because it sticks out. The the Jack. And it's not as harsh. The Jack, yeah. Like, for me, Jack Daniels, like, um, I always get that aftertaste with bourbon and whiskey. And it coats that top back area where it's like a little sweeter, mm-hmm. lingering flavor yeah. specifically then, jack daniels specifically jack daniels yeah. and then it's just adding coke to it just takes away any harshness yeah that you're going to get from the whiskey and if you start then trying bourbon with coke the coke will sweeten up the bourbon help take away some of the harshness dilute it a little bit because you're yeah. usually going to have ice in it too i mean i've tried that i've tried the bourbon and coke and it's similar to this, but this this tastes better. Yeah. It's a lot. It's yeah. a reason it's a classic go-to fucking bar drink. And it's it's one of those like weird wheelhouse ones for me where it's like, it's not hard to fucking know what's in it. So it's not like going a college age <laughs> yeah, what, kid going, give me an old fashioned or give me a fucking whiskey sour or something fancy sounding. And it's like Jack and Coke. It's, it's You know the ingredients. It's two fucking things. You're not mm-hmm. going to fuck it up. You can't get it wrong. It tastes good. Every single bar you go to, it's identical. And... No one thinks you're a pansy for getting it. You know, no one thinks it's a right. fruity. Like Just, I said, you some of them they put a fucking lime in it, but I don't <laughs> think you need that. And again, it's no one's gonna think anything about you. They're like, oh, he likes Jack and Cock. Cool, he's a cool guy. It's a cool drink. But it's uh, one of it's the main standard. drinks that I used to drink in college, and especially like going to like uh, basketball games or concerts at like it used to be called Phillips Arena. I think it's like State Farm Arena now. In Atlanta. Nobody knows what the fuck it's called now. It's but, uh, this was like the drink of choice. Because it was like the same price to get a Jack and Coke or a beer. And I was like, might as well just get a Jack and Coke. It's going to do way more work. Right. <laughs> right. But are you still, you're probably still talking <coughs> but the, 14, the, 15 The thing bucks. is, too, Jack's so distinctive that when you blend it with Coke, you can... Uh, you can still pick up the whiskey. You can still taste especially. it and you can taste when they're fucking it up and not and they're, when they're watering it down, effectively putting too much Coke. Yeah. You can tell. And also, weirdly enough, around this time, I couldn't drink Coke at this age because it would fuck my stomach up. Like, Coke, Sprite, all sodas for some reason. The only ones I could drink were like Dr. Pepper and ginger ale. If I drank straight Coca-Cola without anything, I would get, like, after a while, my stomach would fucking get nauseous. But You're like, my pool game is No, no, no. (laughs) But mix it with Jack, and it didn't fucking have that effect on me. And I couldn't figure out the science of it forever, but I just didn't fight it. I was like... If I drank Jack and Coke, I wouldn't get sick. It was I, guess I think long, that's called alcoholism. As long as you... <laughs> right? Line, yeah. Line the stomach with alcohol. I wouldn't get hangovers. <laughs> then. It was amazing. <laughs> but no, uh, it's... I kid. I kid. Jack and Coke, always solid. <laughs> I mean, you can get it at any bar, anywhere you go. It's easy to make it at home. <laughs> no, I mean, it just... seems very basic, but it's it's good. I mean, I, I have not had a lot of it, but it is good. Yeah. It's delicious. It's a standard bar for me. Just took me right back to college wit. <laughs> Yep. I was like, you know what? College Witch should have seen this movie. He would have loved it. Yep. <sighs> unfortunately, it unfortunately, was adult Mike that saw this movie without uh, enough of those. The benefit of Jack I and was Coke. so ready to jump on the segue into Contown. <laughs> I was like, yep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the, I'm gonna hit the <laughs> ramp. You got it. 
But uh, unfortunately, Collegewood did not watch this movie. Yeah. And uh, I had my PC glasses on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's ready to go for Comtown? <laughs> I, I, look, if it's all right with y'all, I'd like to start. Mike's like, no, I got dude, to the movie. I want you to start because I want to anchor. Uh, <laughs> right. I, 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 go got some, I took some so notes. Can, Paul, land pull out the shield. Being, out the being shield. on fire, hopefully. <laughs> I'd like to reiterate that I, I wanted to like this movie, dude. I appreciate. I watched it multiple times, that, trying to find. You know it hurts. It. Yes. I went into it open minded. <laughs> I like you weren't the first person that I heard recommend this movie. Oh, really? I'd heard, it, I'd heard it recommended from another person that I watch a, on a YouTube channel that likes a lot of the same movies that I watch. So it was on the radar, and then once you had mentioned it, and then it w- was up for the show, I was excited about going into going into it and watching it. Um, so you know, similar to kind of what Witt had said about. That initial scene with the adult Mars Johnny when he starts going into the N word with yeah. Glenn Plummer about so I understand that's part of the movie you know you hear music and songs and Django things like that that have that word in it it doesn't affect me the same way that it affects Wit I understand where he's coming from but it doesn't affect me like that if they're gonna put it in there they're putting it in there for their reasons okay and I'm just gonna go with it okay. That didn't turn me off. What turned me off was just the delivery, the delivery from him. So Glenn Plummer, he's a good actor. I I, I trust him. I've seen him in a lot of things. He's typically good. He's usually yeah. an ancillary character, but, you know, in a supporting role, but he's he's solid. Yeah. Chaz is always Chaz. Chaz Palminteri is going to be that gangster Italian yeah. guy. You know, nine times out of ten, he's playing some kind of thug. But it was Mars Callahan's <laughs> performance that just—I didn't believe it. I, the acting was just not where it needed to be, and uh, that especially was the scene that pissed you off with the, the most. Script. That was the one that pissed you off. That scene of his acting, or was it just like every single fucking time you saw him? Basically, from that scene moving forward, yeah, I was not rooting for him. Like he's well, the he's, he's that, the guy that I that you got for the whole movie. He's going to be the hero of the movie. Yeah. And from that scene on, I'm not in his corner. He's a total prick. I'm like, okay. Like the first thing he does is he goes through this thing where it's just like he's he's dropping n bombs, and then he comes back in and he gives the it's quiet as a church mouse thing, which it wasn't another homage church, to. Yeah. The hustler, because there's a there's a line in that similar to that. There's which a bit I'm of sure that's, he that's one of the Easter eggs. Is like that line is a is a paraphrasing or like a reimagining of that. Scene. But uh, it was it was just his performance. I did not buy into it. I was not rooting for him. It's too long. He forgets. That's his, my problem with that. It's, it was that, way too long. That speech he gives is is a is a hair too long. And but. I will say Chaz is as annoying as it is to hear him fucking shit it back out later. And you're pissed it, it's at that awful. character. It sounds worse coming out of Chaz, but it's supposed to because, and then you realize, I think for me after multiple rewatches, yeah, I had that same initial reaction to that scene. For me, the scene that pissed me off about him that didn't sell me at all. And there's no fucking circle back connection to this one. You could take this out of the fucking movie for me entirely is the scene where he gets the job from the fucking uh, the fucking motorhome salesman. That oh, whole that, scene sucks all of the assholes in the world. 
Like that scene sucks so much ass. When I he ma- when he plays that trick on him about the shoes. The shoes. That scene's so I, fucking I, stupid. That's a my child's eyes rolled back in my head. My that's eyes a child's so like riddle. <laughs> that's and it's stupid. It's that's not one that I was watching. ESPN, ESP. Get the fuck. Get all of that wa- can I was watching off. that one. I was just like, oh. And, Dude, and, I would tell and he's Mars to his face. His, uh, it was like an it was like an eighth grader wrote. That it was right. Actually, That's what I said. It's a child riddle. Actually, land good ever. movie that has a similar scene is a uh, gosh, which Mission Impossible is? Is it is it Fallout? Where like they have the whole scene where Ethan Hunt is supposed to be convincing this guy that like his bombs went off and that they're yeah. going to read his manifesto on TV. Yeah, the one with the in rip off. Tom play. Cruise, like it fits so perfectly into that movie though because Ethan Hunt is like just nowhere close to an actor <laughs> and he's just like make the call. <laughs> and it's just like what the- I was watching that in the theater I was just like what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. And then I was like, "Oh, it's all fake." Okay, good. <laughs> Let's move but on. Yeah, Wolf Blitzer, that's just- how convincing it was. Well, fucking the, Blitzer showed for up for this movie. I was watching it like, why are they doing this? And it's like, oh, because he couldn't get a job any other way besides hustling his way into a job. Yeah. Okay. And but then, it like, was when cringy, it was a cringy delivery. And that cringy of that isn't even him. Joke. The fucking dude, the the guy who runs the motorhome, wearing his half naked. Yeah, who was fucking that guy wearing a muumu? Where the fuck was he wearing? That guy's a moron too, and even he's like, "You're never gonna get it," because I got that at a cruise in international waters. So you can't. I'm like, I, I. It's like ear cancer. That whole scene, and that. Uh, <laughs> it's like, and like, again, along with that character, there was a a little person that showed up at the house party. Like, where did for did no that reason, guy just wander on to set from somewhere? <laughs> Wait, did the child. See? And no, there's a the guy. He had a little beard. He was he was on the party scene, and he's standing next to uh the. The Jewish kid. What's its uh, uh, plumber or whatever? Yeah. The weird kid who says the appropriate shit. They're standing next yeah. to each other. He's trying to hit on girls and they're totally ignoring him. And then he like goes to fucking fight the guy and a midget, whatever, tries to hit him. But then Chaz, uh, not Chaz, uh, Johnny shows up at the party and he and he does this bit where he pretends like he's hugs over his head. Hugs over his head because he's so short. He's short. I mean, I, that, that, that just really lost didn't make me. any sense either. I get you on that one. I mean, my, my, my number one con was just the acting in the script. Mm-hmm. Like the dialogue throughout the whole movie and the delivery of the different actors from Eastwood, the Eastwood was definitely wood to even Drake though wood. like uh, Lex Luthor and Anson Mount and those guys went on to do much better stuff. Yeah, at this point in their careers, their pilot it was it was so flat, like, and I I wasn't buying it. The only two characters in the whole movie where I was like, I'm I'm, I'm able to suspend my disbelief was Chaz and Walken. And even Chaz they only really shared one scene and it was that last Mm -hmm. the last big uh the big game where they do the big and the twist. At that bit and Chaz doesn't really know who he is yet. Right. And here's what calls him Mr. Moneybag because he really doesn't really know anything about him. But even Chaz Palmentary's like his character has no depth or anything. He's just a goon. He's just a thug. He over the tops a lot. He overacts a lot, and the problem is like they. It feels like like he had all these characters on paper of who they're supposed to be as characters, but didn't really give them enough to do. Does that make any sense? Like he gives them like scenes where they get to like be the character a little, but like you don't get to flesh them out. Like mm-hmm. Chaz, without 
him at the pool hall, outside of a pool hall, the next time you see him, it's like fucking Kanicki making out with some fucking chicks at a par a bar pool hall with no one in it. The two of them, two girls yeah. and a bartender at this other rival pool hall downtown, like that no one frequents. It's like a it's like their own private pool, but they have a bartender who answers the fucking phone. <laughs> like, what the right. fuck? It's like they're, like, hey, they're you got some it's action. like their bad guy, like they're the villain layer, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like You know <laughs> like what I mean? The, the, I agree with you on that. What is it the uh Legion of Doom? Meanwhile Exactly. Yeah. So it's like I fucking Joker's gangster hangout. I had kind of looked at a at a bunch of different like reading the reviews on IMDb and looking at different reviews, there was a lot of positive reviews saying that like, like the same understand. thing, the like, same way that you feel I about it. I think that most of the people responding positively, again, you got to factor the, 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 like no one's watching this one. Like the, like Paul Newman was in the fucking hustler, Tom Cruise and Paul Newman were in color of money. There's right. a reason those are in the fucking theater, you know, and they brought some shit, but this one wasn't that. It was an indie underground film that didn't really he didn't market very well and it didn't get to be in the No, theater. I mean I, I really So it's a cult film, kinda like like you know Tarantino has a bunch of films like Pulp Fiction, you can name them. Can you name four you've never seen Four Rooms? And you've seen Four Rooms? I have not. No one's seen, seen that, right? Rooms. Oh wait. Guess yes. who's in Four Rooms? Uh fucking uh Tim Roth's the main he plays a bellman in it, and it's a bunch of fucking rando characters. Uh, Antonio Banderas is in it. Like, I there's have, a fucking I who's who in this film. That. Madonna's in it. Like, there's a shitload of actors in this movie, but it's not his best film. It's one of his first films, so no one really knows about it. But it, he brought some big name actors, but it didn't get enough off the ground because it's really not his best written film. It's a it's a it's a cult classic to to, to Tarantino fans. Right. I, I've not seen it, but I, if, I know if that it must have been good Tarantino enough. If you every Tarantino movie, you have you've seen Four Rooms. It must have been good enough, though, if for them to fan, give him money for Pulp seen, Fiction. What's what's the one before Memento, the one that no one made? Uh, shit. God, I can't remember it. That no one made? There's a film right before Memento that he fit, like his first film that's like tiny. It's like the, not the following. It's something oh, like his, that. His, his short, yeah. Yeah, it's a short. Uh-huh. But if you're a mega fan... You've seen it. It's a niche thing for mega Nolan fans, right? But most Nolan fans, most people that have heard of Nolan that when he became mainstream was, oh, Batman. And then they're like, oh, what else right. has he done? Oh, let's go see Memento. But Memento did not have the audience that Batman Begins did, right? Like, if that's you the went, thing. If you saw Pulp Fiction and you were like, this guy is the shit, then you go back and watch right. Four Rooms. Right. Exactly. You'd, but there's, but no, Mars there's nothing, nothing Mars after Callahan. This. Right. right. He didn't do anything else. He went back to the playing pool. It didn't have the <laughs> critical acclaim. It didn't. The cult well, following I mean, isn't. It's a. It's again. It's niche as fuck. Like there's. I can name on. Like I could barely even name any of my friends who play pool. Right. There's only a few of us that I yeah. know in my life that did play pool. There's not a. It's not the most popular sport. It's not an Olympic sport. And, and also, I don't have anything against. I don't have anything it's against like bowling. Pool. Right. I I had an uncle that was very much in the pool. He'd go. He'd play probably five nights a week, like yep. all night long. And but it's he like loved it. once and you get to a certain level, it's like bowling where you just keep getting strikes. You just put balls you know, in. You know? I I like pool. I didn't like this movie just because like the story, the acting, the script. Yeah, I was so going going back to some of the reviews that I had read. There was a lot of positive reviews. Some of the negative reviews that I read, one of them specifically, which I agree with, had said that it felt like this was a first draft script yep. that just got approved and pushed through and they went with it. Yeah. And I agree with that 100%. It was yeah. like... No, it feels like that. <clears throat> I agree with you. There's that scene where uh, Lex Luthor is playing to an empty room in a bar. <laughs> it's, 
Pick uh, all the dead things on the beach. Right. Like, what the fuck was and he singing? They're, like, it's, it, it ends up being kind of like a montage where they're showing Chris, uh, Anson Mount's character, getting hustled getting by, by Silver Ricky. Spoons. And then they're showing uh, Mars is trying to sell mobile homes or some dumb yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's trying to make you feel bad for Chris, but they never developed Chris's character. So I don't give a shit about Anson Mount's character. I'm yeah. he's just like, he's dumb. Right. Like, I, I feel... Right. I'm, I'm not like, like, damn, he's really, he's getting, yeah, he's going they, There needed to be they more. They tried to save him. There was too yeah. much about Mars's character and not enough about the, the background, the side characters. It's like, it's like trying to watch. They didn't him, develop them at all. Like he has as many characters in it. Like it's in Magnolia or one of those like multiple character films, but he didn't branch off enough to where you get, you care about them enough. Yeah. You know? And I get that. Cause if you want to have a side quest where there's some gravitas, the only thing you care about really is when when uh Luther Lex Luther plays, gets his ass kicked, and then goes knock off the thing and he's in jail, and now he's fridged until fucking uh Johnny can get him out. Like those two scenes connect. But I mean but even then he's working towards getting irrelevant. him bail. He's working towards bailing him out. He's still gonna have to pay lawyer fees. Uh what Christopher Walken's character basically lowers the stakes because he you can already tell he loves Johnny. Yeah. And he's like, hey, why didn't he just if I lose money? If I lose 80 yeah. grand, it's nothing to me. I'm right. a multimillionaire. Right. Well, that's the whole point, right? That's another reason why I thought that feeds into my up until I finished this film and even multiple rewatches, I was like, man, they really could have like not that I want to not like Chris. I love Christopher Walken's character all the way through to the end because he's such a great dude. But he gives him the fucking Mercedes. You're right. That to me was a plot hole. That's one of my cons. Uh, it's only 25 grand that get him out of jail, right? He is a retired lawyer and everyone's a fucking lawyer, but Johnny, right? Like, it's like, right. The, the fact that, uh, and he just got his potatoes, it's petty crime. He didn't even steal him. He got caught in the process of burglary. Yeah. It's a big deal, but also like anyone could have got him out and, and reduced that shit. But at the end of the day, the stakes are too low. It's like, it's like, what was it? Like, it's like Ant-Man, right? Like the stakes aren't the same as like Endgame, you know? Yeah. And, to me, I agree with you on that, where like it kind of lowers the stakes for Christopher Walken's character existing because he's a I'm a millionaire. I lose eighty thousand, right. I get another eighty thousand. It's nothing to me, and but it's like, a lot to you. We're fucking playing for twenty five. Isn't that what we're that's the end game, right? The other guy went like went broke, the other kid's bankrolling his fucking tour, which also another problem. They fucking send Ernie Ray's Jr. out to the fucking universe and he's gone since the party morning and you're like well there goes that fucking guy i liked him a lot what the fuck why did they get rid of him and, <laughs> and like he the idea up, that he's there he's given 10 shows back i mean i get rolling. i get the idea on paper as a first draft of what he's trying to do and i would have sent it back right with that concept you sent ernie rays away all so far all i remember from him is that he was with that group he yelled at a kid for drinking pop rocks and a coke yeah and, and then he gets drunk Aguayalba. and drives off with the rewrite is fucking parents' money. The rewrite is that Uncle Mike ends up being like somehow Ansel. Uh, what's Ansel Mount? Ansel Mount. What's his like, character's name? Chris. Or Chris. Something? Chris. Yeah. Ends up being like Chris's dad. Yeah. <laughs> there was. Yeah, but like, the idea there was that, just like, a lot that could have could have been developed further and made like it much if much. He's going to go that hard into this game, and we're talking that bit. We just talked about it was 80 grand. Oh, there's another grand. I get another 80 grand. He's got more into it. There's more he wants out of this thing. It's not about getting Johnny to jail or. Uh, well, he wants Luther the emotional high of being part of the pool hustle. He wants because to beat Joe, too. When you first meet him, he's trying to hustle everyone in that fucking house upstairs. 
all right. his, his ex work coworkers. He wants to fuck him over. So he gets Johnny and lifts him up, and then they beat the shit out of him. And if you notice, he makes the same fucking shots that Johnny makes. They're both looking at each other. They're both parallel. He does that bit where Johnny Johnny like breaks while looking at him. He turns, looks, breaks, and then then Christopher Walken does it, looks at him and breaks, and they smile at him. <laughs> and then the 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 scene, the shot that they make that he the Johnny makes to get the to win the bet, he just made that shot. Uncle Mike made that shot right before him, without any issues. Yeah, and uh, you know what I mean? Christopher like, Walken made that shot imply, on the first take, they said. He did. He said he wanted to do it. He said, keep Rehearsal. the cameras rolling. They said you should practice. And he goes, roll the cameras just in case I make it. Well, I mean, whatever. Whatever. You know, yeah. I, could, I could make the shot. We never know. <laughs> and then uh, fucking he made it. But the bit is, to me, if you watch that scene multiple times, you realize, holy shit, he might be hustling this whole time. So I feel like a rewrite should have been where he is a devious character who's fucking everyone over. He's the original. Maybe he's connected somehow to that. Another that could have worked a circle. Back. But even going into that, that party at the lawyer's house where they eventually end up upstairs hustling. When they cut to that scene where they're going into that party and it's just a bunch of still photos. Yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. Like That's so weird. I was like, what the that fuck was an, is uh, this dumb place. shit? I'll tell you right now. My biggest con now is the drunk lawyer guy that hits on his girlfriend. Yeah, he was... No, no, no. It's, he sucks all day. But the worst crime he fucking commits is fucking up that joke. That's a solid joke. You bitch, you ruin my wife. It's one of the best punchlines ever written and one of the best jokes. But the delivery has to be specific. He was like, you bitch, you ruined my life. Like, he fucked that delivery up. And I wanted to punch him in his drunk, dumbass face. I just... I Because I used to tell land. that joke before this fucking movie, before I saw this movie, and I was like... <gasps> That's one of my so, jokes. I mean, and then maybe I was like, that was oh, his, what the fuck? Maybe that was kind of intentional to kind of show what a douchebag yeah, that guy was. But like, I didn't really, I didn't feel like any of the jokes in the whole movie landed mm-hmm. for me. I mean, I didn't have any, any moment, moments where I was like, oh, like, oh, that was a, that was a burn. Even, and I know like it, some of y'all dig it and I, I respect that. But at the end of the movie, like the big final twist, and then they showed, uh, Chaz Palminteri's face, like, oh, I just paid for my, your shot. Now, yeah. this is, and he's like, dun dun dun. I'm like, this is <laughs> fucking dumb, man. Like, he just pulled a gun right then, and he eventually did pull the gun. But you know, Glenn yeah. Plummer comes in and saves the day. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, I, I can tell you, Paul, I tried, man, I tried to watch, I tried to like on. this movie, and it just, it's gonna happen. It man. just was, it just was not it for me, dude. I well, just need you to promise you watch it 600 more times and then you'll come around. <laughs> and Dragon Coke every time and you'll get there. I promise. I, maybe. I don't want to be stuck. Like, it's worth noting if you – it's valid if you play pool, it helps because it helps you a little bit of bias. Because, again, the things this movie knocks out of the fucking park are things you've never seen in a film, which is that. But if you take yourself out of the concept of, like, that shit, right? And you think about, like, Now You See Me or, like, a fucking – illusion magic movie it's the same thing the whole thing they're doing from my perspective because i'm not a magician i'm a pool player right or i was right and that hit me because everyone's hustling somebody so you're you're it's all about misdirection the whole time and the part where the shots are going in is cool but the things you are looking at are things you may have like he says, it's not the it's. It, Mars has that bit that line he does put in the film, which I like. It's not the old shit you should be looking at, Joe. It's the new shit, because hustling is an evolving evolution process. Where like 
Yeah, you cannot do the same thing at the same pool over and over again. But that's only going to hit tech. with that niche. You can only it's like you can only crowd. pull the same trick with the same audience a couple times before they fucking figure it out, you Right. Know? And again, you're right it's niche, but so is like now you see me or something for people that are hardcore say, magicians. That I love that movie. But I was about to say if you if you put this into a magic world, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to a Follow pool player, magicians. it is magic because the trick shots. If you want, you can go down a rabbit hole for pool players going to rabbit hole of trick shots. It's like how the fuck did they pull yeah. that shot off? And some of them I know, like I could probably do that. But some of them are like, holy Christ, that's a cool shot. But you wouldn't know it because if you don't know shit about pool, then it's he could have saved the whole movie Greek. by rewriting the script or at least going over it more than once just handed in a rough draft <laughs> right, right. and not casting himself as the lead he he ruined the movie yeah. for me being you the lead because he's Affleck not believable Casey Affleck, yeah. I mean he was like what Kirkland's <laughs> brand uh, Kirkland's brand Ben Affleck <laughs> if you order if you order Ben <laughs> Affleck on Wish more like Great Value Ben Affleck Great Value yeah but we're uh, the Walmart version I mean I just let's hey. <laughs> I don't want to get stuck fully in Con Town here because this feels yeah. like a Batman and Robin moment where it's just like Con, it's not that bad. Con, don't ever no 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 no. This is not Batman and Robin. It's not that bad. Um, I we all agree that movie sucked. One of us disagreed with that. <laughs> this movie being that I bad. I at least try to like Batman. I I go into Batman and Robin every time <clears> the same way Mike went into this. Ice movie. skates. He's like, I want ice to like it. Skate so bad. boots. Just. Them, like, them doing like... acrobatics in the Jesus pose with no flips. Feet stuck together. There's a, Can't so many problems. Go listen to Batman and Robin to hear us. Go back to listen to that shit. If you don't listen to that one, Mike, that one is... We fucking destroyed that guy. I'll have thing. to listen to it just for we that. We didn't even... I, yeah. I it's not even a Batman... Also. We didn't put an episode. We did Batman Forever, and then we're like, you know, we're going to fuck up Batman and Robin because <laughs> we don't want to waste a film on this other bitch. Yeah. We so don't want to waste an episode. So, like, the first half of the con area is with, like, ching, trying to defend us attacking Batman Forever. So... And then him joining Batman and Robin. <laughs> what we should have done is a Color of Money episode and then just... Con town Honestly, have you guys seen either yes. one of you seen Color Money in a while? I have not yes. seen it in a while. It, I, I it, saw The Hustler recently. I, I rewatched it a couple years ago because I watched this movie a lot and I was like, I want to watch Color Money again. And it sucks. It's terrible. It's not great. It's, it's like, not great. Honestly, like, if you're going to see Tom Cruise <laughs> at that timeline, watch Cocktail. It's like, he's better in that movie because his character is like. <sighs> Vince? He's like worse than than Mars. Like he's worse than Johnny because he doesn't have a. Re- it, it feels like there's a redemption, but there's not really one. He's kind of like he's kind of like a cockier, shittier version of what he was in Rain Man, like a shittier one, <laughs> but a bad, a worse actor. And Paul Newman it looks like he's exhausted in the whole time. Like he's but exhausted. he can't possibly be a worse actor than Mars, dude. I, watch there's it no again. Way. Watch 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 Color Money because I want it to be great, but. It's not. It's not great. I can't remember the female lead in that film. Can you? Can you remember who was in it? Oh yeah, it was. uh, When you listen to Batman Forever, Mary Stewart, or Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. That's a long ass name. When she even she doesn't want to be in that movie. When you listen to our Batman Forever or our Incredible Hulk episode or Thor, you will one (laughs) hundred percent understand that this is Paul's movie. That's like the way I am for those movies. Um. Yeah, but to finish up cons for me at least, like, do you have a few more, Paul? I mean, Jesus, 
I got more if you if you don't have any. I, I but I, I just thought I was gonna anchor. I actually just jumping on yours. <laughs> I know you just keep jumping. And you're like con. I'm well, in. I just con. I just want you to understand that like like I didn't want to feel like I was hustling you guys to watch this movie. I like it for my reasons, and I'm totally okay with I you fucking it. hating it because you're allowed to. I'm not. You're your own person. Just like how we fucking took a giant dump on you know like American Psycho, and you're like you assholes, but you understood that we were being honest and i appreciate that yeah it's the same for me like it's reciprocal like i appreciate your honesty about it i appreciate you trying to watch it because it is a tough film if you aren't if you don't know how to play pool at all it's really tough because it's different like you get a basic for baseball i can watch I even think though, major league and still get it if i barely played the sport if but. you saw this movie for the first time last week mm-hmm. you'd have a different perspective a different uh, opinion of it than you did when you saw it when you were in college in your prime and like and you were doing you were playing no, pool I mean, all the time like it you would see it more for what it is as far as the acting and the performances maybe and the script and things like that instead of being pulled in like I had mentioned a couple of weeks ago just before like we for were me shaking. like you both are thinking of the intro you both thought him as an adult you can't get past that in the in the n word scene right yeah. I don't even think about the beginning. I don't even think about him as young. I think about the opening scene with the ball dropping into the fucking hole. That's the intro for me. Because that's what I think. You're thinking about. about him doing that like voiceover where he's talking about how, you know, this is Explaining the nuance of pool. The hustling world and what it and is. And things like that. And like the bit where he's young and he picked an actor that looks fucking kind of like a young Terry Silver, honestly. Uh, but <laughs> he looks a little more like Ricky Shorter. But in general, like, the young version of him is is this naive whatever kid, but he's really good at fucking pool, and like that is, it's forgettable because the kid's one note, and it does it's not a long enough scene, there's not enough callbacks to it. You yeah, know, you can just to set up. It's the forgettable. Deal. Throws away. You can for me again, see I him. see the beginning intro with the pool shots and the ball dropping because that's that grabbed me when I first saw it because it's not been done before. Like it's. It's like watching Fast and the Furious if you like cars. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit, like there's a fucking car racing movie? Like, wow, I love cars. Like, that's how I felt about Pool at the time. Does that make sense? Yeah. I still feel that way about Pool. I think we're making the same point. But, like, I hate car movies. So I hate (laughs) Fast. Like, I haven't seen any of the Fast and the Furious. If you watched uh, your favorite thing in baseball? No. What's your favorite thing? I'm, I like horror movies, so okay. if I'm watching any movies, like horror movies, are my thing. I was trying to make the point earlier. I'm like, just saying, like, yeah, you could. When I was, can relate to it. When thing. I was in high school, when I was a kid, be- right before I started high school, middle school, I was I was a wrestler, and I had mentioned that movie Vision Quest mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago to you guys, and it's a movie about high school wrestling. It's an old '80s movie about high know, school yeah, wrestling. I, I think it's a great movie. Like, I recommend it to anybody that will listen to what I say. I think it's great. If you saw Vision Quest and you have no interest really in high school wrestling, especially now that it's dated, you'd think it was a steaming pile of shit. Yeah. Just like I thought of this. Yeah. And I I get that. But um <clears throat> I just don't understand the name it, Vision Quest still. Well, it's like a, a Vision Quest is something that Native Americans would go on when they yeah. were teenagers to to become a man. Right. And but, he goes on a Vision Quest to figure out what he's going to do with the re- it's really a great movie. <laughs> I know, but I'm just like, <laughs> like it's like, I don't understand. Like I get it, I do because I've seen it, but like, I still don't get it. Like it's just like to me, it's like you're like 
wrestling, that kind of wrestling is Greco-Roman. Like the, the history of it's weird. To so. bring it back to pool hall junkies. Thank you. I feel like that we could that stay. Was like a drop. I feel like we could stay in the pocket. Of oh, content. there we go. That was a hard. That was a hard one. For literally two hours. <laughs> like, yeah, I have agreed with every single thing you're saying. The, the acting, the dialogue, the script. Like, there's just a lot of loose ends. There's a lot of really tough stuff to get over. Um, so, what were your cons? I mean, we've already gone over most of them, but especially the use of the N word got me. Well, clearly really that bad. was your con, and your and you got me really bad. The, that um, was our. Your tangent in the beginning into Contown right in the the uh, first. I agreed reaction. with I agreed with the casting, like you know the fact that he took on writing, producing, directing, and acting. I would have rather have seen him just pull off the shots somehow as a stunt double, um, or got an acting lessons. No, <laughs> no, just if or, it was or Michael, given up the writing duties. If it was Michael True. Rosenbaum. Being the main character, and then Chet. Uh, honestly, his, his name? honestly, dude, Mars. I, I'm I'm the one who brought this film to the table, but the writing is it is the problem. It doesn't matter who's acting and saying those lines. There's a significant now. There are a couple lines that Chaz, or I mean, sorry, Mars could have delivered better if he was like Michael Rosenbaum or fucking Christopher Walken. But it's the writing of his own fucking character. That's right, the right, problem. Right. I mean. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Christopher Walken saying those lines would have fixed it. It's the way he wrote it. So you're right. I'm just saying my con is the fact that he was the performer. Like, if he was just doing the trick shots or whatever, filling in for somebody else acting, that probably would have fixed that con. Um, I mean, just an issue with the fact that, like, the, the new guy is using the, like, graphite pool stick, and that's supposed to be cooler. But it's like, oh, someone doesn't have pool. There's a difference between pool cues now. I told you my dad had a table. <laughs> like, yeah, that doesn't mean you're a professional pool player. And I, dad and had I, a table. I remember just the fact that we had graphite and we had wooden ones. And yeah. like, I even could pick up on the difference that like I felt like I could hit better shots with an actual wooden cue. Well, than a graphite I'll tell you one. this from pool playing experience. It depends on. Your own, everyone's different. It's like bats and baseball, yeah. right? Like wood sweats, or if you have sweaty hands, it sticks. So you got to keep chalking your hands over and over again. Whereas graphite doesn't have that same reaction. So if you have, like me, I had a graphite pool stick for a long time um, because it just, my hands are always fucking hot. And at a certain point during the game, and night, like your hands just fucking stick and you fuck up your shots. And you can't really afford that when you're hustling because you don't want to fuck up any shot. So graphite to me consistently made a consistent shot. Again, it's more the tip. Honestly, forming the tip tip is the skill. It's like it's just like (laughs) it's like uh, sharpening a knife in a kitchen, right? Yeah. It the knife the a chef can fucking cut whatever he wants, but the knife dulls fuck. It's gonna fuck up the knife cut, right? You want a sharp as fuck knife. Everyone does better with a sharp knife. Same concept with a pool cue. Like when you buy a cue stick, it comes raw you gotta shape the tip so like it's important so if you have different the grip everything's everyone has different ways they hold the stick they hold your hand like this the yeah. circle thing everyone you notice the hands when they're they're taking shots everyone has a slightly different way they they hold their is it the type hand. of thing that you could do with a broken wrist on your left hand if you're a right hand oh fuck yeah uh, the fact that that was 
Well, that that was you got my right con. into my fucking con. <laughs> That's one of my cons, Sorry. but probably different than him. But like, there are ways around because the hand that he's he's. The hand broken? that was broken is isn't almost the, isn't the one he's got to move. That's yeah. the one that just is a resting bridge. It's just a it's a support hand, so we could alternate pe- how he yeah. holds it. But if you think about it, it it really does affect it because when you realize he does do the the index finger move for most of his shots, so like I get that his index finger connected to his wrist might fucking hurt, but the but way he, he fucks he, up is so okay. Here's it's not here's, realistic. Here's my con for that, which I will use as my last con because I know we've been going for too long and we have to get You've to our beer. We've only been for 20 minutes, honestly. we got to get to our beer and then we also have to get to our final couple sections. It's also um, only been an hour and 22 minutes, so that's not bad. So he's pulling off the shots and everything and then he breaks his hand. And when when they take the cast off... He didn't break of all, his hand. Fucking Chico broke his hand. Chico. Chaz. Um the hand gets broken yeah. and then they take it out of the cast and the Rest. entire time on my second viewing, I was like, Oh yeah, this is like where he's gonna save the day. Da-da-da. I was like, wait a minute, it's the left hand, that's just the bridge, that's just the support. Yeah. I was like, because I knew enough about pool just from playing in my basement that I was like, There's so many you could ways you can do that. Up. They even show them using the bridge stick. Like and when you need to reach Johnny, over stuff, you use a stick. Many times, even in this fucking scene, one hand shot. One hand. Yeah, exactly. He so could have like, played the whole fucking game one-handed he's in one. He's proven. So he has proven that he could literally play pool one-handed as long as it's the right hand that is yeah, healthy. He's right-handed, so it doesn't I make I think sense. the whole broken wrist thing was another Easter egg callback to the Hustler because yeah. Paul Newman gets both of his thumbs broken by... Yeah, but... Both oh of gosh. his thumbs are broken. That right. makes sense. With both thumbs <laughs> broken, you can't grip thumbs. a cue no matter what hand you're using. That's the difference. That's why it sucks. That's why it's my con. Because you're right. You said the thing that kind of, if it was a functioning hand that he, because when you, like, there's different schools of thought to this, the, the striking hand, if you will. You can be loose as hell with it, just be barely holding it, or you could grip it really hard. I shifted between shots, depending what kind of shot. And typically when you break, you want to grip pretty hard because you want to use a lot of force because you want to break all the goddamn balls. And some shots, you just want to be fluid. So you want to be gentle. It depends on speed. And there's a lot of technical things that I could that are, you know, technical. But it doesn't fucking matter, on the other hand, as it does matter if you have a very specific way you hold the, the cue at the tip at the end. But you guide it, you guide yeah, like, the hand, but like... If his middle finger had been like going the wrong direction... Right. If he had yeah. fucked his fingers up, we'd be talking about something different. If he couldn't do this, but he can do this, or he can do that, like he can do this. You can Paul, do like a thousand is, different things you can do. Paul, and this is a podcast? People I know, I'm just... For Mike's perspective. People for, can't see that. For anyone who can't see it until we YouTube this shit, I just demonstrated 20 different holds. <laughs> For a cue stick. But the idea is there's many options, and one of them is just straight up putting your fucking bare hand on the goddamn table and just resting it. It's all about guiding it straight. You just want right. that cue to basically be like the cue ball is an extension of the cue stick, and you're basically trying to straight it right where to hit the ball to go in the target and use physics and angles and shit. But it's not, it's kind of a weird thing for me to go, oh, he broke his wrist, so he's 
fucked. It was just it was one in a in a number it might of just things be that like, didn't make sense. If you think about it, like if, the only way I can rationalize it is if like it was so fucking painful for him that no matter how he put any pressure at all, it was just shooting pain. And that was what was distracting him. But then it goes from like a huge fucking problem, like minutes before they show up to. Nobody gives a fuck anymore. He's good. Like, like it's not an it issue. It just got dropped like it hey. wasn't. It's like if this was the uh, the pitch hey. meeting, he'd be like, what? what happened to his wrist? He'd be like, uh, I'm not going to, we're not bringing that up. We're never going to bring, we're not going to address that all at all ever again. the way <laughs> off my back. It's not even that. He's just like, yeah, that doesn't, we're not going to talk about that anymore. And he's like, but why? He's like, uh, so they can movie can happen. <laughs> oh. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to send this movie into pitch meeting. <laughs> you should. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think. Mike and shit I on agree. it for all the reasons Mike brought up, though. <laughs> but, like, Mike and I agree on a lot of our cons. I mean, a lot of it has to deal with just this, the fundamental of creating this movie. Yeah. Um, do you have a few more, or do you want to... I have, like, on? a couple. Like, that one is an issue for me. That's my biggest con, I think, from the pool playing perspective. Yeah. He, he could have been more detrimental. He could have fucking shot his fingers off. You know what I mean? Like... Something where Ooh. he would he would have to overcome something so drastic that was almost impossible, but the idea that like or close was, one like punch him in the face, close one of his eyes, right, lose his depth perception, something that was a disadvantage, hundred percent, because it went from a uncomfortable, slight annoyance to didn't even fucking matter. I, I think that, that he did problem. it because if you watch, and I know this is this is kind of a deep uh, deep cut that maybe makes no sense. But I saw The Hustler within the last week, as well as watching this movie multiple times. I appreciate that. That's cool. You're just when Paul Newman gets his thumbs broken in The Hustler, he gives out a scream. Yeah. That is almost identical to the scream Mars does in yeah. this movie. Which, it's, the first time I heard Mars scream in this movie, I laughed out loud because it was I, so yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. stupid. You gotta, I, did, yeah. I think he only did that scene so that he could have his right. moment to do the Paul Newman And scream. that scene with the tournament with the professional shit, it's so all his fucking friends could be in the movie. Like, yeah. like, And he was also trying to lend some weight to that angle of it where like he eventually goes pro. And that's the whole point. Like it's he's trying to be better, and that last scene where he goes pro is cool. Now I would have it would have been cool. A sequel would have been easy to like. He's pro, but he gets he gets brought back into that world, and he fucking fails, or some bullshit happens where he tries to hustle, he gets caught, he gets kicked. I mean, out they could have put him becoming a pro into this second half of this movie, and it yeah. would have worked. Right. There's a lot of things I would have done. I would have rewritten this whole entire movie. Just I would have kept the, the basic script. of this. You could have put. Honestly, you could have put. Yeah, there's a lot of different rewrites I would have done. I agree with you that it's like just very first drafty. If not, I mean, maybe like a third, but definitely the, if you realize how long it took him to get this movie off the ground, he had a lot of time to fucking fix this shit and he didn't do that. I mean, he's more concerned about getting it off the ground, getting the funding and getting the actors Yeah, I mean, maybe it was on. just about getting it done and getting it right. made. Right. Like he didn't I mean, have the budget for an editor. If we're going to go straight into sequels, you know, they could have called it Pool House Junkies for the sequel. Right. <laughs> And there was a great pool house scene in Fast Audience Times can't at Ridgemont see this, High. but I'm glaring at it because that's a dick move. But Because uh, that's a callback to something that will have been deleted. <laughs> yeah. Before we had a technical difficulty and Ryan was not partaking, or, part- or was he, his uh, audio wasn't picked up. We had to start over. So I know we I hit Purposely a called it pool house junkies. This is the first time in a couple of weeks that I had written stuff down. So Ooh. if I didn't hit on any of the cons oh, that shit, you is that have all left. Cons? Is that two pages? Uh, oh, there's a that's like a, a 
That's a hustle. Well played. You had yeah. two pages, and one of them's blank. It's, it's I just one. Did not I see just, that coming. I was writing them, and I did, if I had any more, I wanted to make sure I had room to write. Them <laughs> you down. had more pages. But you if have a you spiral I mean, notebook, if you didn't hit on any subjects, I mean, I also got my favorite character, favorite scene on here. Oh, too, okay. But that's only the last two. Tiny I mean, scribbles. I kind of said that Rod Steiger's character was kind of aside from his one super little speech. Honestly, he was wasted. He was his a placeholder. Character and Christopher Walken's character could have been one fucking character. I, I agree exactly. And that's that's the biggest loss, I think, honestly, because Rod Steiger is the shit. Now, maybe it was because his character passed away during the filming, and they had to like do posts, and they couldn't, so they decided, Somehow oh, we'll split it. his character up, and they changed yeah. gears. Um. But he just but felt like it, a play. He felt like, hey, and you know, we got Chaz Palminteri, Christopher, Rock, and we got but honestly, Academy that Award winner Rod Steiger. Well, actually, it doesn't make sense that I say it because he's in all the scenes in the background that Chris Rock is in. I feel in the like, well, scene. you don't know what order they did. It. I feel like if Stalin. they could have gotten like, okay, so let's we need to do our beer before we do the recast. Okay, because well, he was I just, got a couple he was, ideas. He was still doing one. cons, but yeah, but uh. I just no oh, Jesus, I drank all my beer. But anyway, uh, I can talk about that one all I day. I have more of them. But in general. I agree with that one. And also, just to not forget about Rod, the only thing that bothered me about him was the idea that uh, during his fucking cool speech, off camera, in between uh, takes, he took his hat off and put it back on, and it's all folded up on the top. And I cannot <laughs> stop seeing it every time I see this film. I, I thought the first time, I saw this last time. Every I saw time that it bothers today. me. It's in like it's somebody mentions it in the goof section of IMDb of like oh his hat's all folded in one scene, but like it's on right and then it cuts to, to Johnny and it cuts back and it's wrong and it, but it stays wrong through his whole speech the best part so you know he can't take it out because it's so good yeah he's like oh this take was the best take I did but his see hat's that folded. and there's it another, bothers me so hard another goof where uh, one of the one of the pro pool players introduces Lex Luthor as his older brother. Well, that's a goof in there. I disagree with that goof because if you listen to the way he says it, he says it as a sarcastic. His big brother Danny, like he's saying it like he's his big it's really his little brother. He's trying to talk him up like as a joke. Okay, I can see by that. By mocking him looks like his cause the guy he just introduced before is Boston Shorty and he means they just dig on each other. So it's an it's an insult at the same time it is kind of like sort of being nice to him because it's not really that mean. That's a misfire because I, 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 I read it in the that. groups too and I was like, nah. I'll, I'll back off on that one. I, I get that. Because I've heard it a couple times when I've seen it and gone, at first time I thought, I was like, big brother Danny. This is your... Oh, he's being a dick because he's a dick the whole time. That's his character. Is I say the most, the opposite of what it is. You know, Boston Shorty. Oh, how are you going to sleep tonight with a slipping off your pillow because he's bald? You know, Yeah. Like, you know all this bullshit. I like the the other Got your the other right here. pro pool players uh, little story about getting left on the side of oh the my road god that dick in his hand. That's that, probably one of my funniest bits. He, also, he that's a fucking uh, problem. That scene. That's another one of my cons. But I I should wait for it to come back. I don't know if he agrees with this or not. But but that bit where he's talking about how he stole uh, you got bucked your Chevy's. He uh, he's like. Oh, I'm glad you won that uh, the car off him because he's like he's like that was my car. He stole it from me. Yeah. <laughs> he was, Pissing on the side of the road, he drove away. Always, hey, we left standing there, my dick in my hand. <laughs> that was a good bit. So but, maybe uh, you and I can go into the uh, the beer real quick before I finish this one. This is not this has not been bad. What is this again? You've never had this? You've never had Killian's Irish Red? No. Holy shit! So like, for me, I want to save this for wait because this is a backstory that's kind of a personal story, kind of like the Jack to me. Both of these were personal drinks for me. Wit. 
randomly stumbled across this. We talked about it before. Um, is oh, it shit. not popular exactly. anymore? It is. It's still popular. It's just it's uh um it's a is it always been? Do you know the backstory on Killian's? Like, is it always been an American bastardized product? Because <clears throat> it's an Irish red, but it's not Irish. It's sorry. By... I had to go uh, move my kids into their room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I do not know to me by the backstory the of Killian's. Makes it. But it is definitely not in Ireland. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it's there's a there's a I mean Irish red is a traditional Irish type of beer, and there's like a um. Killarney, there's a, there's a, there's another type of, there's several beers in Ireland that are very similar to that. That's, it's based off of a traditional Irish style of beer. So wait, I missed, I missed the first discussion of the beer. Oh, we, we just started, got in we into just started it just before you well, I was going to save a, a, a story, uh, one of my cons, my last con, but then we were like, oh, let's go to the Is beer. They and then I realized they're both personal. drinking Killians? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was when they're in the, uh, the, the, my con was when they go upstairs uh, at the they're at the tournament and like hey there's a Greek asshole upstairs like what a, do you want to join me and then he's like oh I'll go and then like but before he says anything Saint Louis Louis there goes oh I want in on that so like obviously he's more excited and there's only two people playing so he runs a hustle where he asks Johnny if he wants to play and then Johnny says yeah I'll play but it's like that's fucking Johnny's fault like he gets yeah. bent and pissed about it but it's really his own fuck up because obviously. It's they're running a hustle. It's like white men can't jump. You pick the you, like his his hustle is he's gonna oh I'll take the old shaky man over there, who's the least obvious choice. He's probably the crappiest. Like white man can't jump. He picks Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. this nerdy fucking Very white no. dude who probably sucks at basketball. Turns out he's fucking awesome. So like it's one of the oldest hustles in the fucking book, which is obnoxious that Johnny doesn't get it. Like he's so blinded by it, but then. Especially being a hustler. It, and then he ditches his brother about it. And that's the part that pissed me off about his character. That's one of those character moments for him where he's got this redeeming arc happening. Where he's trying to bring his brother in and, and he's trying to show him what it really means. What the real dudes do. But then you got to realize professionals started somewhere. They all started hustling. Like nobody that plays professional pool got good by playing professionally. Right. Or functionally in a basement. Like, no offense, but like it takes... Playing it's, against other people outside of your house that are really fucking good when the stakes are high to where you give a shit enough to be really fucking good at it. It's like most basketball players are really, really good at the street street ball because they that's a really good place to play when you're, you're growing up. You know, high school is great, but you don't learn really individual like like self-driving techniques sometimes. Sometimes you do, sometimes you yeah, don't. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a, a toughness that comes along that you there's a, a grit there's a that hardness you get. To it, yeah. So, and that's uh, and that's the thing. The difference is like you can go into a college age and play, you know, you can play organized sports all the way growing up. Most major ones, right? You can grow up in that on the above board world, whereas pool is not really. You can't do that. So the big question is, how many Killian's Reds would your friend have had to drink before he got good at hustling? Twelve. 12 like he had a high tolerance and uh <laughs> for the record yikes i would say so i'm he's from chicago so let's put it that way like i can fucking yeah I you're you're born my buddy cj you're in chicago right that fucking dude yeah exactly drink man but uh i ironically earlier than when i started really going to get hustled in the pool killings is big for me because like 
I was always the younger kid in every group. Like I, when I played volleyball in high school, like I was friends with kids two grades ahead of me that were on the varsity team and stuff. And they would bring me to house parties and they were like, this was the, the fucking pedestal beer, beer, sorry, pedestal beer. We're like, we'd have your bush and your fucking natty ice and shit at the party. But like everyone would be like, oh, no, no, no. We're gonna drink some Keelians and like that's the beer we all drink and blah blah blah. Like it's not shit beer. Why why is it called red? I mean I mean I see it's a little the, bit red, but what it's makes it's got it a reddish red. color when you pour it's, it straight. There's it's nothing about. to the red color. Well it's, it's basic like, Yeah, yeah it's, it's basically an amber ale. Yeah. yeah. Um I think it mostly has to do with the like process of aging it and barreling yeah. it up it doesn't taste as bitter as some of the other beers i've tasted here yeah no it's like it's kind of like it's i think it's better close, than nowhere close to ipa <laughs> i think it's better than the budweiser yeah the 18 budweiser yeah um it's a do you little think it's sweeter. better than the yingling it's in the same it's in the same same lane for me it's very they're it's, very maybe a little bit yingling. sweeter mm-hmm. this may be a little bit sweeter to me I feel like this is getting closer to your lapping skull, which is like starting to add more sweetness. Um, probably whatever they put it in to sweeten it up is it was probably a barrel, might have even been a bourbon barrel at some point. Yeah, I was I was trying to figure out how to describe where they get the red tint from, so I just nerded out and googled it. But uh, <laughs> so like it is a style of of ale, like a uh, Irish red is a style, and it, they basically like. Um, it's a pale that's, that's brewed using a moderate amount of kilned malts and roasted barley that give it an Irish or like a reddish color. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like it, there's that malt concept where it's a little bit less bitter than like your stouts and your other yeah. um, harsher beers. And, and that's like what the Lapping beers. Skull did. They but it's had like a lot in between. In like it's not quite as as weak as a Pilsner, you know what I mean? But it's not as thick or strong as a stout. It's in that in between those kind of aims it is a pale ale but it's roasted you know what i mean like the, the there's a there's an angle on it that's slightly different when they brew it and it's a traditional irish style beer that i'm familiar with and like this one is i'm noxiously the first one i drank but i've drank in ireland i've been to breweries um the killarney's irish red is really fucking good it's actually better than this one by a lot but it's in the same vein where it's like this, I don't get thing. this. This is not as bitter as some of the other things. Right, yeah. That roast takes some of that out, I think. It, it kind of caramelizes. Like Whenever you roast anything, you, I mean, when you I've done this sugars, before, yeah. when I've talked to this, yeah. Brian was like... <laughs> but like effectively, from a chef or cooking perspective, there's a thing called Maillard browning. It's where when you roast something, it, it, it caramelizes the sugars and it adds a caramelized flavor, the caramel, right? When you take sugar and you cook it, it turns brown and caramelizes and it makes that sweet flavor. Same with sugar, like uh, onions. And that's before that. It's right before that edge. It's like dancing on the edge of that where it's like it tastes a little smoky, but not not uh, not charred. Not the sharp, char burnt flavor. It's the sweeter end of roast. This is definitely moving more towards something that I would yeah. choose I kind to of, drink. It's why when you put a barbecue, you bar- like brown sugar, you put on a rub. Yeah, they'll add that to it, so it's not as harsh. It'll be sweeter. It's that that's what the sweet you taste is the sugar caramelizing and and, and when it cooks. Right? But I picked I picked this beer because a I thought that Mike might at least kind of like it. Yeah, because it was on the way to that uh, dead guy that we had. Um, but also, it pretty much is the flavor that you get 
when you go to like a pool hall or a bowling alley and they're like, I mean, we got like the house brew. <laughs> it's I'm like, not gonna lie, the like house I, brew. They're like, oh, I drank a few of these ball playing pools. It's either man. like a Killian's or it's like PBR. <laughs> You're yeah. like, all right, yeah. It's a, it's a safe. I mean, for certain people, like I grew up with it as a safe beer because I was introduced to it at a younger age. Where like people that I trusted that were older than me introduced me to it, and we're and then I I liked it. So I was like, wow, they're not wrong. You know, it's like it's not like I was like pretending to like it. Like I, I had friends who were into coffee. I never got into coffee, so I was like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> but this, like this one was fucking good. I'm like, damn, these guys are fucking. I mean, honest. if this was the first one of the first beers I ever tried, I'd probably think. Yeah, I may have a different opinion of. Yeah, beer beer. Like good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is this is one it's, that I I was spoiled. Let's put it that way. Introduced to that kind of beer early on. That's fucked. Yeah, this this <laughs> was my my cheap beer that I drank a lot in college. Yeah, and um, it's affordable for a good beer. Let's put it that while way. I was dating my wife, and but when we got engaged, like I drank a lot of Killians and a lot of Newcastle. Newcastle. And so, <laughs> About a week or two ago when we were recording, like, and I was talking about this beer, I was like, I have a craving for Killian's. Yeah. And so I was like, I think we're going to do it on the next episode. And I pulled it out and I brought it and I put it into the fridge and Lindley just comes up and she goes, are we like dating again? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did we well, go ironic. back in time? I mean, it fit, it's fitting because it's uh, as much as Jack and Coke and pool is nostalgic for me. So is that beer. So yeah. that's a good fit for but me. But I was just like, for me, it I'm, fits right. I was like, and they only come in 12 packs. So, like, I was like, I'm going to have at least one of these a night until we record. Yeah, you can't. It's really, I've seen them in sixes, but really fucking rarely. You can only find it mostly in 12s. You got to buy a lot of it. And it's again, interesting. it's a beer you can drink. A, it's a it's a drinkable beer, meaning you can drink many of them in one sit down. Like, I could drink four or five of these and not really feel like I'm yeah. drinking much. Are they not as high of It's not so much that. It's like, it's like drinking Jack and Coke, right? It doesn't feel like you're getting drunk because it's sweeter and it, it goes yeah. down better. Whereas, like, Guinness is thicker, so I can't drink, like, 12 of them. But, like, I could drink a bunch of these, and that's what we used to do. We'd drink a bunch, and outside of high tolerance, I found out pretty quickly. I was like, wow, I've got a gift. I heard it from my <laughs> If aunt. I could... But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was nice. <laughs> if I could recast, like, all the Budweiser in movies with the Killians... I mean, do it. Coors is that's water. That's a good poll right Let's there. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. For a company that makes... What I used to joke, and I still joke, as water is Coors Light. Yeah. Fucking mainstream, fucking flagship, that or Coors Banquet. Uh, This is made by them, and this is fucking amazing. So the fact that this this should be their flagship, but they can't really be like, oh, it's our thing. This is kind of adopted, right, from traditional Irish beers. So it's like, it's (laughs) kind of like, because I mean, George Killian was a dude. It was like a real guy who made beer. I think they just fucking bought the rights I mean, to I shit. halfway remember the commercials from back in the day. I mean, I, legit might have been. I got to research it more, but I think it might have originally been an Irish beer like brewery that just sold out. You know? George Killian. I, I think if Google George Killian was cast in the lead of this movie, <laughs> he probably could have played this lead role at least as good as Mars did. Somehow. Nice. If you had to recast it, just the lead. Who would you choose? Oh, so it is authentic and it's based on an Irish hey, thing. Sergeant Segway has sent us right into recasts better than I did, and I tried my best. <laughs> I mean, it was but, a little on. It, it was a little harsh. It was a little on the nose for I me. Killian, okay. uh, okay, George no, no, Killian no. could have fucking <laughs> yeah, <I'll, laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> that's what, when you hit midnight. 
<laughs> I start dropping the hammer. As he's hey. saying it, he's yes. like, Thor's hammer of Segway. <laughs> I'll go first. Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck? Uh, well, let's put it this way. One of my other cons, the first time I saw this was like, is this fucking Ben Affleck's retarded cousin? <laughs> and by the way, I was firmly in fuck you Ben Affleck mode then. I hated I mean, Ben Affleck back then. If you're going I still to kind make of this not the biggest fan. He's won me over in a few films, but like... Fuck, dude, I hated his ass. And I, was I like, like Casey Affleck. I was like, this I've... guy being the slightly retarded version of Ben Affleck pissed me off at the time. <laughs> but, like, it's all right that he's, uh, you know, he's the Wish version. But, but no, I mean, Casey I honestly Affleck... would have preferred Ben Affleck now. But the, now. Season to Ben Affleck. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you got to pick somebody that's a little bit younger. I mean, like, in that first scene, like. Honestly, it doesn't have to be, right? Like, the whole point is that there's a time 30. gap from his being a. A was prodigy? It, was it 15 years? It was a 15 year It could have been fucking 20. It could have been 30. Also, you know, they, it doesn't matter. They don't establish how old he is in that opening scene. Like, yeah, I mean, but you make it sound like... He's clearly a teenager. You make it sound he, like Ben Affleck is not is familiar with the... Uh, my character is an, is a, a certain age for no fucking reason. <clears throat> Batman versus Superman. Why is he 57 and fucking murdering people? We don't know anything about this guy. But uh, honestly... But, he could have played this role, but my my choice for that would have been Casey Affleck. I mean, honestly, especially like in two thousand two, I like, would pitch Ben and Casey. Ben, yeah, Ben or Casey would be no. Good. Casey as Michael if, Rosenbaum's role, and Ben as the brother, the oldest. Like they would have be their actual yeah. legit brothers, and they would have won. <laughs> I could you see that too. Win. Yeah, Just check, check, please. I mean, that, that <laughs> makes sense. The age gap's right, and then Matt Damon ends up somehow being one of the buddies. It's great. Yeah, Matt, there you Matt, go. Matt Damon's the uh, yeah. the uh, like, Do you know Anson Mount's character. Girls. <laughs> no, Matt Damon's the guy. It's like it's common knowledge. Common knowledge. <laughs> because he's clearly a genius. <laughs> yeah, right. He did the savant. Math. It's just Goodwill hunting. More idiot, less pool. savant. Right. More idiot, less savant. But whatever. But, um, I and I don't. I don't really want to see a prequel. I don't want to see a. I want to see a sequel, but done fucking correctly. But I also want to see a reboot done correctly too. If somebody redid a film and didn't call the pool junkies, they called it something else. Like a, like if the due date, the it... due date soft reboot style of like like uh, plane trains. Only if plane trains wasn't so fucking good. If it's a reboot, and if it's you better. Did... If you did Dirty Rotten Scoundrels rebooted where a, there was a pool scene in it, I'd be okay. Okay, pool, <laughs> pool hall junkies got into that movie. <laughs> what a dick. I'm going to, I vote down. I vote, I vote against the prequel, sequel. This is what it was. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you wanted to do a reboot, there hasn't been a uh, a movie about pool pool hustling since it'd be it'd be interesting money, really right well, let's put it this way if the writing was better and you got into the storyline the pool stuff wouldn't be as hard for you to give a shit about like you wouldn't you would it'd be like i agree sideways because like i mean none of us have been fighter pilots but we all get into top gun you know what i mean like like the story in that film is oh, the I, thing i absolutely and agree all of us want to see is shooting things down nobody wants to see the volleyball scene but we all want to see fucking fighter jet scenes but none of us actually have been pilots so i don't really gun, know the technical t- aspects of an inverted fucking you know is it if, possible to do that in a fucking top cat if you Maybe. make if you make this movie and it's entirely about volleyball it's I mean, side I watched out. that too. Side out. I watched that shit. I watched that out three it's times. Side out. 
Which, and by I the way, liked it. Uh, they changed the rules to that fucking sport uh, when I was in co- high school coaching. The year after I graduated, <laughs> yeah. literally, I'm not even fucking with you. 2000, they changed the rules to make it more attractive to to non volleyball playing audiences to like get more people in. Because side out, if you know anything about, it, I don't know if you know, and you mentioned I've, it, I've watched it. The concept of times. the term side out means when you are re- playing defense and you get the serve back. You don't get the point with it. You just get the serve. So in volleyball before 2000, you only got a point when you had serve as on your on the offense. So side out was like a defensive term. So you go side out to like get the ball back when you're playing D. They removed the idea of side out by adding a point to every play. So defense or offense, if you get the side out, you also get the serve and a point with it. So it sped up the, the scoring because theoretically – if you play defense and both sides, like you serve and then they get side out back and forth, you could play volleys for like four fucking hours. I played hour long games where like we just kept siding out back and forth. We kept trading off and no one scored a point for like fucking 30 minutes. That's yeah. interesting. So it it's got like- boring for people that didn't care. It was like, oh, this is like golf, you know, but once you, it's like <laughs> soccer when the ball just moves around and no one scores a fucking goal. It's so like, what is going on? See Thomas Howell affected the scoring method. No, no, no. Volleyball? That movie was way earlier. That was named Side Out because of the, so, the term for volleyball fans. Like, Karch so Karai was is, that movie. There's some famous volleyball players in it. And that yeah. movie's amazing. But it's but redundant Karch, now Karch because Karai? they changed the rules. Karch Karai was the... Uh, he was the bad guy, right? He was. He's got the pink hat. Him and his buddy, so uh, Ken Steffes, were in it. Is Side were, Out the prequel to Pool House Junkies? <laughs> or Pool Hall Junkies? I'm gonna. I'm gonna forget you even said any of the Pool things House you just junkers. said. Out. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you all of us forget that. I'm gonna edit that part out for you. I think I might. The one time, but what I was just gonna get the. I know this is taken on a tangent, but Karsh Karai, for the record, is like the Michael Jordan of volleyball. He is the. He played volleyball the exact way Michael Jordan does. He's not the best dunker. The best like Michael Jordan is not the best at every single aspect. He's the best at fundamentally doing all of it equally, right? He could do all of the fucking things you can you can do it in the in the game because he did the fundamentals exactly what you're supposed to. That's what Carter. He wasn't the tallest, but he won King of the Beach all the time where you rotate partners because he was the best overall player in every technical aspect of the game, and he was the most the best advocate. He was most popular, and also won the first time we won the Olympics, '96 Olympics in Atlanta. Americans won silver and gold the first time they put it as a summer Olympic sport. And we won fucking two two, two things because of Karch because he kicks our ass. That's how but you do it. He was the biggest advocate of fuck. They got rid of side out because they changed the rules after he kind of like retired, and he was upset about it because that was a that for volleyball players it was exciting, but to to get another a broader audience they tried to like AVP was big but not as big as football and basketball. They're trying to get a bigger attract bigger audiences. By making it faster, like basketball. Did you and put that why, movie that's in That's why hat? you're not allowed to use the side pockets in pool now, right? Have you ever seen the side fucking tables? Side. You're making it the side there's, that comes There's out, pool right? tables without pockets at all, and that shit <laughs> pisses me off. And then I found out a thing recently. You know the scene? Uh, there's a Michael Jackson video where Michael Jackson, I want to say is a uh, Billy Jean, one of his most famous videos where he's in a pool hall. That's bad. He leans on a table. It's bad. It might be bad. He's leaning on a table. It's bad or beat it. It is a pocketless pool table, and I never noticed until literally like two weeks ago. And somebody, I saw like one of those stupid, useless trivia fucking. I have to check that out. I, it's got to be bad or beat it. Well, it's one of those two. 
and it's annoying because I'm like, fuck, I still, I'm a pool player. I've been playing forever. That's the most boring version of fucking pool. The pocketless table is the weirdest <laughs> shit. It's as shitty yeah, as it doesn't it's seem totally like it does, It's like cricket. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I don't know what the point is. Well, I think we have covered just about everything we can for pool hall junkies. Yeah. Not pool house. house. Pool hall. There's no, I don't it. know what a pool house is. It's like a bowling house. <laughs> Let's go house to the bowling like, house, guys. Let's go to the bowling house. Pool house is like where you change before you go jump in the pool, right? Yes. <laughs> that's where you... Like I said, fast that's where times you live. at Ridgemont High. I if feel like there were a lot of junkies in the pool houses. <laughs> pool houses is where you live if your parents are rich and you're fucking useless. <laughs> so how I mean, many you got in there today? Has- so this is a first. We have entirely fan picks in here. Yeah. Everyone got mad at me for we picking have- this movie, so I don't get to pick anymore. <laughs> so it's only fans allowed. <laughs> we were sitting there. We were like, we, like, last episode, it was like, we have like six fan picks plus like, Six more of our. Yeah, picks. nobody got mad it's when like, when Mike was a fan and he won like twelve well. times in a row. But you know, now he's a host. I guess I'm. But a now dick. we have <laughs> we have five fan picks in here. So that's I awesome. Mean, no, no, no. Gotta, I really, I really just I want to read it. I'm being a dick about it, but I really think that uh, it's worth mentioning. And we have evidence in a room. It's worth mentioning. We give a shit about fans, and we really appreciate anyone listening to our podcast. So if you have a pick, I want to hear it, and uh, it's worth. Uh, entertaining honestly and again I mentioned a thing earlier I really think we need to have a running list of of worthy mentions like this is a random pick out of a hat and then we choose yeah. and we decide it's all just up to a, fucking fate just a vision board of it is. all the really but good picks just how many times right have we picked movies or didn't pick movies and we're like fuck I wanted, I wanted to see that yeah. and we often just throw them back in the fucking hat try it again but that how many of those never fucking made it so then we I'd like to keep a list of future that's worth Fuck, we're not picking it, but damn, I want to talk about that movie. We need a whiteboard. We'll get it. We'll get and it. And again, we'll figure it out. Fans, I want to hear some shit. Deserve to have a heard. Yeah, or keep the fan picks that yeah. aren't picked. American Psycho or not, we'll fucking talk about it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> keep the fan picks coming. Do it. As long as we get like three or four, we could go straight fan picks. Yeah, we could. We could I finish this whole idea. season out straight fannies. Wait, All right, so we picks, got five in picks. here, so we want to like two out to the three out. <laughs> Or three still. Uh, if there's only five, there's just only have five in the hat. One. Ooh, just pick the just one. pick. I say one. we pick two and then just pick between two because three was when we had like twelve. Three, yeah, three three would be excessive. Yeah, because then there's I'd only say, two. I say either over half. The yeah, pick. yeah. I say one, either one or two. I say Mike picks two. I'll pick one of the two and then we'll go from okay. that. Okay, I like it. That way, it's three super losers, and then whoever loses is a bigger loser than you are. I got two. <laughs> He's got two. What? All right. So you're going to get to pick one. Yes. Or two. Mm, one. One? Okay. So then I'll tell you which one we're not. The first loser is. Jesus, how many times did you fold it? Sleepy Hollow. We are not ah. going to do Sleepy Hollow. So, like, does he even have lines? Does Chris Walken have lines in that movie? It's what? all facial. Is it like, <laughs> like, does he growl or something? I think it's just <laughs> it's mostly he, no head. He and then he has just, like cool eats, teeth. He eats a face. That's he does eat it. a fucking face. Yeah, and his eyes are are his normal eyes. Yeah, but all I believe expression. that was sent in by your brother. My brother picks Sleepy Hollow. Sorry, bro. Okay, and it's here's a good what film we... though. I mean, I will put it this way: I love that movie. Well, I think my brother. Like, we grew up near Sleepy Hollow. That's not too far from us. 
And uh, for the record, another deep pull, the main character that's not the Headless Horseman is Ichabod Crane. My brother would get this bit uh, every fucking year during the winter. Our school, one year our superintendent like was in Florida when it snowed and we thought there was going to be a storm and it didn't. So she never let us have snow days again because she called it and we, oh, not a flake fell. Yay, free day. Uh, she's like, fuck that. Never going to day off. But Ichabod Crane was a school in our district that always got like 28 snow days because they lived on like a fucking giant hill mountain <laughs> and they got like 14 feet of snow all the time. So he was like, Ichabod Crane, a fucking course. And they would always be on the TV. And yeah. The- and they're like, I'm pretty sure they're near Sleepy Hollow too. Like, well, I had access to all of the fan picks, so I know what we're doing. But also, I looked ahead. Not a terrible <laughs> film too. It's pretty good. All right. So here's what we are doing. The Rundown. The Rundown with The Rock. Yes. Rock's a, a wannabe uh, chef. The I like Rundown. It. Yes. And Stifler. I do like that movie. Rock and Stifler. Okay. This is a... I'm a Stifler fan. Oh. Stif- Stifler? If we can get into American Pie to just like finish out on a franchise. Oh, man. Talk about jokes that don't stand up to time. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Inappropriate, awkward shit is that whole film's I mean, MO. Uh, that whole scene... The that rundown. entire fucking scene where everyone's watching, including Blink-182, watching What's Your Name Get Undressed. Very fucking awkward and uncomfortable. So the rundown. Yeah. Rundown's more it's a safer film. That was that was I sent like in by my buddy Jonathan. And, and he lives, uh, he lives just, in this area. Bro, I just realized that. I'm like, how the fuck does this connect? And I realized Ernie Reyes Jr. Beats Ernie the Reyes shit Jr. out of the rock. And Christopher Walken. And Christopher Walken. Yes, you're right. Double connect. Dumb. It's a good it, that Ernie Race Jr. is good in this. He He's beats so the fuck out of the rock, and I love it because he needs his ass kicked sometimes. All right. So to wrap up the episode, what else are we not we watching? Are not doing Catch Me If You Can. Because we're walking. Catch Me Is the Dead. Yeah, it's like three. These are all so. So these are all Christopher Walken. I was gonna say we just keep walking it up. We're gonna go all the way down his well because entire I, fucking dialogue there. So on on our uh, social medias, I usually do a poll using actors in the movies that we're doing on yeah. the current episode, and Christopher Walken won. So all these are Christopher Walken based. Nice. Um, that checks seven out. Seven Psychopaths. That if you have not seen, seven it's a it's a incredibly good movie. That it is, is so a good. niche movie, but I would say it's in our niche. I'd say it the is. last one is the would have been my would have been the my, last my one right was sent in. If you were to put them all next together, yeah, I would have picked that. The one. last one was sent in by Ed. True Romance. Ah, underrated. That if we would have written down picks for tonight, that was uh, that was what I was going to write down. So Ed. Nice if, work, man. If you are still listening as our original super fan, we want you back on the show. Keep yep. sending in fan picks. I was trying to figure out what I would even pick. What what would we have what do you throw in the hat if you were to pick? Honorable mentions? That we're not doing. Oh man, that we're I have not it on do- the sheet of my notes written down true romance. <laughs> I mean that no that shit, that was mine. Balls of Fury is a great <laughs> I literally just saw uh like a critic review. Uh, of that, I forgot who did it, said it, but it was like, I just got done watching Balls of Fury, and I, oh no, it was fucking uh, St- Stephen King, <laughs> because Stephen King recently uh, watched The Flash and gave it a good review. Right. So it was uh, connected. I follow Chris. I, I follow like everything James Gunn says every seven minutes on Twitter, and <laughs> it was a big 
bunch of articles written about it, how like, oh, Stephen King chimed in. What did he say? Suspense. And he just said it was great. But uh, he watched Balls of Fury and said, I just got done watching Balls of Fury. And like, that's two hours of my life. I can't get back or something <laughs> fucked up like that. Like, he but, fucking hated it. But I, but, I, I uh, love... It I just is, love that type of character for him. It's so campy, but it's like... It's so good. Somebody said it was like... It's like the dodgeball of ping pong. It's basically no, dodgeball... It's me- Mortal it- Kombat and dodgeball put together. Yeah, I could see that. It's like I a tournament where the stakes are ping pong, but yeah. And obviously, I would still say Blast from the Past, which is the movie I put in last episode. Mm-hmm. I just love that movie. And you just want to get Walken. back to Batman and Robin. Just still still I had done. True Romance written down. I think I wrote Kingpin down just as Ooh. another sports Kingpin movie been that's awesome. associated with a bar. What was in the that same other building? one where he's fuck? That was a, I forgot what it was. It was a movie where Christopher Walken basically gets like, uh, God damn it! What the fuck is it called? It's like a it's like a cult kind of not indie movie, but it's like a shit. It's not it's a movie. It's around the same time as as, re, as remote um, Ryan said, a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. <laughs> no, no, and no. It's it. like a. It's it's. Fuck it. It came out around the same time as like uh, uh, Boondock Saints. It's Pulp what, Fiction. No, 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 no. King of New York. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's one where he's like, like he's basically tied to a chair for most of the film. Um, the fuck is it called? I'm gonna look it up now because I'm gonna lose my mind. Like brain farting. It's annoying. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll think of anything else going. that's more prominently in the frontal lobe. <laughs> oh, dude, I was gonna um, shit. I had. I, can't I was just waiting for somebody else. to put in like a what is it, a View to the Kill, like the James Bond movie that he's in. <laughs> I oh, didn't even Jesus know he was no in a Bond so that movie. we could like get into the James Bond franchise. Well, the good thing about Rosenbaum, we can go into Guardians two and three. But yeah, we're talking about walking. I we? know. <laughs> well, we're. I mean. We're only we've been talking about walking for three movies now. <laughs> this will be the third movie. Hey, I mean, the, you can't deny he's the obvious. He he's the obvious link to all the, the other rundowns films, is going to set up a couple of good, uh, at least a couple of good options. One that we yeah. had in the hat last week that I would love to do. Gosh, the rundown will be fun. I mean, what is it called? that's when the Rock was really starting to get ready to transition into like being decent at acting. <laughs> so. No, it's it's a good movie. I think that we'll be able to get Ryan in the studio for that one, and my buddy Jonathan, who sent it in, I think I could get him to come in too. So we might have a all star cast, or maybe Jonathan fills in for Ryan if he's out of town or something. Like, I mean, it'll be fun. The rundown, the rundown. So like butterfly, stings <laughs> like a bee. I want to remember. But no, this this has been fun. Sorry, Paul, for. Tearing apart your favorite movie of all no. time. I mean, you guys can have uh, like uh, shitty opinions. It's fine. I definitely watched it multiple times. Suicide Kings. That's what it was. Oh, good movie. That's the one I would have pulled. But you know, Paul, just welcome to the to the wit chair where it's like I like nah, this I movie. Don't, I don't bring out the shield. Bing, Wasn't that bad? Bing, 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 Wasn't bing. as bad as Batman Forever or, or uh, Incredible Incredible Hulk? No, this has been fun. Uh, <laughs> we obviously thank Remote Ryan for joining us earlier. We miss but you, until Ryan. the rundown, I've been Wit. I have been Paul. And I'm Mike. Bye! Bye!